We have been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. What up, everybody? <laughs> that that one went over like a bag of bricks, or what's the saying? I can't remember. Whatever. It's episode forty-three of the MTG Untapped podcast. The looks I am getting on our Discord call about this train wreck of an intro are, let me tell you, they're gold, and we might need to actually do some of this uh, video podcasting one of these days. But it is episode 43 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah. And joining me as always is my good buddy and yours, Costa. What is going on, everyone? Ah, you hear that? It's going to be a nice episode today, y'all. <laughs> exactly what you want to hear from me, Supreme Judge. Um, and uh, many episodes ago, we uh, planted a seed and that seed has grown and now we have a tree. And now Tree's unmuted. Oh, jeez. Now I'm unmuted? Jeez. Really? That's how you introduced me? <laughs> after, after he was this like a... talking and just waving his hands around. <laughs> All right. The beginning of this podcast has gone swimmingly. All right. Let's uh, phase back in. And we didn't talk about what the phase in topic is going to be, but I have one in mind. Have either of y'all seen the new E-Turtles movie? I will be seeing it uh, Saturday with my dad because he flies back in from Oregon. So no, not yet. And you haven't seen it, Tree? No. Oh, well, this is going to be a great phase. In. <laughs> Was it good? Uh, I gave it a 7.2 out of 10. I got uh, a C minus getting halfway up to a flat C. What was the? Uh, it's a very enjoyable movie. It's quite long. It's like over two and a half hours. But... Um, Costa, based on you and our discussions, some of which we've had on this podcast about the MCU and its direction, I think it'll be one that will grab your attention. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I could understand because apparently there's a lot of like production drama going on between mm -hmm. like Marvel people and Chloe Zhao, the director. And I feel like you can really see what parts were being disputed. Is the point two for? Uh, some leg by Angelina Jolie, or is that for another actor? I don't know, but Gemma Chan's a very pretty person. Who's that? Gemma Chan, the female lead. Oh, oh, not well. No, I was she thinking... plays Cersei. I will find all this out Saturday because mm -hmm. I know nobody. <laughs> I don't well, know speaking of Saturday, I'm actually going to get to go see um, Texas play Kansas. God, uh, will they to, win uh, this friend week. of the podcast? Uh, Trey, also known as T-Pap. Um, yeah, he got some tickets and he's like, you want to go? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to go. Uh, we're going to be in part of that saying it's probably going to be at like half capacity, but you know, it was fun to go see it taking a football game. Yeah, but are they going to win though? Because this is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, they're awful. Um, but you know, got to build back better. I guess so. Uh, okay. Uh, I wanted to, <laughs> that's a joke there. Uh, all right, so that's enough for this phase and nonsense. Uh, let's go to the untapped step where we talked about magic that we played over the past week, or in my case, in the past 30 or so minutes. So I just <laughs> want to tell this story because it was awesome. So I'm doing my very first uh, play of uh, Crimson Vow Draft. I'm on a Discord call with my buddy and yours, Costa. And uh, <laughs> I would end up getting a really cool um, blue-black exploit deck. And uh, I ended up having two of the 
what's it called? Blade scob? Something like that. The blue black. Uh, the, 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 the signpost uncommon for blue black, which is like exploit. Whenever you exploit a non-token creature, you get to make a two, two. And I just kept in banging in and got my opponent to 10. They ended up playing a three, three flyer. Uh, I had two of the scobs and three of their buddy tokens out. And I was like, attack with the three, three attack with the three. They attacked with the three, three. Cause they also had another couple bigger creatures. I dropped the Geralt from this set. I can't remember the rest of his name. This is great, isn't it? And uh, that creature says, give zombies you control flying. So I attacked with 10 flying zombies and or five flying zombies that have 10 power and killed my opponent. And I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, okay, this is, might be a fun draft for me. Yes. So it was Skull Scob into Vision, Jeroff Visionary something stitcher visionary stitcher so my i played three games no i played four games uh i didn't get to finish the draft yet i'm currently three and one but uh i i'm having a great time this deck is off <laughs> tree did you play any magic over the past week you want to talk to um us? i've only played um a, f- a few just run-of-the-mill get your quests done kind of matches like play white creature blue or white creatures just and i just play mono white you know attack with 30 creatures but none of them have been very interesting so but i haven't had a chance to draft um this set yet came out today but i've been all at work all day so i'm excited to see see what it looks like and draft a lot of it don't worry it was actually uh they dropped it at 10 our time mm-hmm. and it was down by 11 <laughs> and it was down for several hours <laughs> Yeah, it pissed me off. I tried to, so after I did my stats test or whatever, I tried to hop on and then it like froze, timed out, whatever. And so I submitted a claim. <clears throat> of course, y'all just saw me finish another draft, but that was by accident because I didn't realize, I guess if it times out, it like knows that you time out. And so you just get to go into another draft again. So I got to check and see how that went. But I dropped a blue green and I don't know how well it's going to do. So we'll, we'll find out. Um, kind of excited about it but the signpost spider card seems like it's gonna be really really strong mm-hmm, that's, so that's actually know. pretty much all the signpost cards because that's how they're supposed to work yeah um which i guess is a really good segue to see what i did there uh why we don't talk about the signpost and commons on this spot we mentioned it on run it back i think we might have mentioned it on the original limited for midnight hunt but i'll reiterate it again is wait is that like a What's it called? When you say like the same word twice on accident, say reiterate it again. Is that redundant? I don't know. Uh, either way, we don't talk about the signposts and commons because if you're in that archetype, pick them, put them in your deck if they're in your sealed pool because they're going to do what your deck wants to do. So this, the limited primer, which is this week's main topic, uh, is mainly focused around the strongest monocolored cards and the uh, common and uncommon rarities. Because that's what's going to make up the bulk of your limited decks. And you really need to know the nitty gritty about these cards. So that you can do very well in your games of limited. Particularly on this. The pre-release weekend for Crimson Vow. So we're going to be going over our top 5 commons in each color. And top 3 uncommons in each color. Uh, Costa is going to be our supreme judge. Our supreme drunk judge. judge yes, there we go. Uh, Thor, sir. I'm week. Thor today. Uh, Samson was busy, but we'll get him back for the run it back episode for this. So y'all can get his expert opinions. Uh, so it's going to be me 
the Micah versus defending champion Tree. Hello. The everyone's yes. favorite faux British person. Oh, um, not again. And Tree as our defending champion. That means you get to go first, and we'll be kicking things off with White Commons. Okay, I will just get right to it. Um, in ranking order, one through five, one being the highest ranked and five being the lowest rank, um, I have Fierce Retribution. Um, that is a two mana white and one uh, instant, and it says destroy target attacking creature. It has a, a new mechanic. Um, it has cleave, and that is five and white, so six mana total, and it's remove the bracketed word or words. So it becomes destroy target creature instead of attacking creature, since attacking is bracketed. Um, I picked this one as rank one because I think it's going to be really good. It's like Swift Justice or Swift End, um, the previous white version of this. But it has the option of just destroying any creature later in the game. So good removal early and even better late game. Um, two, I picked Cigar's Imprisonment, which is two and a white. Um, it says enchanted creature. Enchanted creature cannot block or attack. Um, and it has four and white, exile enchanted creature, and create a blood token. So, you know, great, it's a pacify, but for a little bit extra mana, but you get the option of exiling it later and creating a blood token. So I think it's going to be premium removal um, in white, at least generally they have that kind of thing. Um, there is another removal, we'll get to that in the uncommon section, but this is going to be one of your premium white removal spells. Um, three... I had Heron of Hope, that is three and a white, so four mana, for a 2-3 flying bird. Um, and it says if you would gain life, you gain that much plus one instead. And it has one in white, and it itself gains lifelink at the end of turn. So you get a four mana 2-3 flyer that gains you three life whenever you activate its ability, basically. So I think life link is always a good thing in limited. So... And this is a flying body, and a, I would like to have a, I mean, but a four, four mana, two, three flyer is, I guess, um, a good rate for the body already. Um, so adding the lifelink to that is going to be really, really good. Um, the next one is going to be Kindly Ancestor. So oh, same thing along the lifelink theme. Um, this is a two, three, um, two, three creature spirit, two, th two, three. Uh, two and a white to, to play, so three mana total. Um, so just lifelink, a, a solid body to block or attack with. And then it has Disturb, which is casting it from the graveyard for its back half. And its back half is, uh, let me pull that up, Ancestors Embrace. So it just gives, uh, it's an aura, and it gives enchanted creature lifelink. So just giving something lifelink, a bigger creature lifelink later, is really, really good. Um, especially when you're in the racing game, it kind of offsets and puts you in, in the driver's seat there. Um, and the number five is Piercing Light, one white mana. And this says, just deals two damage to target attacking or blocking creature, then scry one. So it's like um, most of the time, the player fire from the Crimson, uh, from the Midnight Hunt set. Um, so it's basically that in white, although it's white, so it has a little bit more restrictions in it. But the scry one is also going to be really, really good. 
So it's just also really good removal. And early on, I will value removal over creatures generally, just to see how it plays out later. So this is why I'm putting most of the removal on my top five list. Okay, um, I think that's it. Off to you, um, Micah. You're next, right? Costa is judging. All right. Uh, I'm actually happy. We have quite different lists. So my number one, going from the order from one to five, in order of which I would most prefer, preferentially pick whatever, alliteration, you know. Uh, so my top white common is Estwald Shield Basher, a card not even on the homie trees list. It's three and a white for a 4-2 human soldier. And whenever it attacks, you may pay one and it gets indestructible until end of turn. So, uh, bashing in with a four power creature that's indestructible, that's really good. And this seems obvious that it's like more geared towards like the training mechanic because a lot four power is, is going to be because they're all like usually like one or two. And so you can get two triggers off your training with this. Uh, but also just a, Creature that swings for four that can you can give indestructible to seems really solid and that can end the game quickly, especially if you can put any form of evasion on it. Uh, my second card is also a card that wasn't on, uh, and that was Griff Rider. Two and a white for a 2-1 flyer human knight. Uh, it has training. So uh, I'm a big fan of anything that says the word flying. It's a broken mechanic. Maybe we should talk about that on the podcast sometime. Um, but uh, if you can even get one counter on this, that's just gravy, but a three mana, two power flyer. I'm always want to scoop those up and limit those just can win you the game. Next up, I have Sigarda's Imprisonment. Two and a white for an enchantment aura. Tree talked about this one. It's a pacifism that you can pay five mana to get uh, to exile the creature and get a blood token back. Um, and in a set that there's going to be lots of uh, graveyard shenanigans, creatures that get value from being in the graveyard or other creatures that get value from other creatures being in your graveyard, that can be great value. Uh, next up, I also have Heron of Hope. All the reasons Tree said, really solid card. Uh, makes a, some of your other cards better, but it's also very strong on its own. And my last card was a card I wasn't even thinking about until I watched the Loading Ready Run pre-pre-release event, and that's Supernatural Rescue. Three and a white for an aura. This spell has flash as long as you control a spirit. So, kind of niche text. But when you cast a spell, tap up to two target creatures you don't control. And enchanted creature you control, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus two. So it's incredibly mediocre in the buff it gives. But I saw this card multiple times uh, in like close games. Uh, they had, there's, there's quite a few spirits, so it's incidental value, but it can be Cast sorcery speed isn't the worst thing, but if you tap your opponent's creatures, you basically fog them. Then you can. There's also two blockers down, and allow them to swing for lethal. And that became a very uh, strong. I don't think of this as like removal because it's not removal, but it's a way of like ending the game. And it seems like a really good version of like those red cards that make creatures unable to block. But it's just kind of better because it can also be used to protect yourself. So. This is kind of like a sort of Hail Mary for me at the end of my list, but I would not be surprised if this innocuous white common ends up being one of the defining cards of this limited environment. And that is my five for white commons. 
Interesting. So looking at my list, y'all also have access to this. Um, Just so the listeners know, I put a lot of work into making this Google Sheets (laughs) for everybody. So we all have access to some information here. Um, I will say after listening to you talk about the Eswald Shield Basher, one mana to give it indestructible is actually pretty nice. Um, and training, I think we both had discussed before that we like the training mechanic. Um, and we, even though your opponent lost to you earlier in that red white deck, we saw what it can do um, in a hurry. I mean, those creatures can buff up really fast. Um, hmm. And then tree is kind of a guy after my own heart when it comes to picking removal. Um, and his list is pretty heavy on the removal list. This is kind of difficult for me. Um, I, I definitely feel you on the supernatural uh, rescue, Micah, just because there have been many cards where we don't have them on our list, and then it something shows up, and then we learn, wow, this thing is uh, is pretty potent overall in this format. And as you all know, I like to try to figure out what a format's going to look like even before you get really diving into it. Um, <clears throat> I think how this is going to go, though, I'm... So here's the thing. I'm actually not that big of a fan of Heron of the Hope, and I know both of y'all have that. Um, And for the fact that Tree, I think, is playing a little safe, though correct, I think, in my opinion, for picking the removal, I think I'm going to give Tree the two points here and give you the one um, with the caveat that I could agree with you that um, maybe Supernatural Rescue just ends up being what the format desires over having... Um, something like Sigarda's Imprisonment, which, if y'all notice, is not on my list. And my reasoning for that was only because um, there's exploit now in the set. And so if you don't have the five mana held up to exploit their, your creature or the creature that they want to exploit, then um, it's still giving them kind of value. So I think two for Mr. Tree and one for Mr. Micah. Um, it's kind of doesn't really matter. But I was wondering if it did you do like one and zero. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day because it ended up being the same thing. Yeah, probably. I just uh, keep that two one. <laughs> I get that. Uh, so, um, so I guess at this point we can talk about reasonings. My, uh, I kept cigars in prison as the top white removal, just because I hate the removal where I'm depending on my opponent either attacking or blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, using an, this very small sample size uh, example it's just like when I had like the Garolf on my side of the battlefield I just wasn't attacking with it but it was giving my, my zombies to attack and right. they put the Sigarda's imprisonment on it and then and eventually exiled it and I lost flying and stuff and that yeah. just wouldn't have happened if they had some of the other sort of removal mm-hmm. and like some people say like the I think I'd actually almost prefer the what's the one mana one tree Piercing, piercing light, light. yeah yes uh that over the the one y'all think is best fierce retribution mm-hmm. uh just because it's attacking or blocking and it's really cheap and man that's modern day six mana is a lot for a removal spell but uh there's also another card i want to talk about that was on coast actually two cards that was on coast's list that weren't on either of ours and that was parish blade trainee the one in a white for a one two with training and whenever it dies you have to put counters on another creature um we also played against that one earlier today and that card's very very annoying 
Um, <laughs> Aaron Bless Geist is a five mana three three flyer. You can, if you control an enchantment, you can pay three in a white, exile it from your yard, and make two one one flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of enchantment like cigars imprisonment, and then there's a one at uncommon. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, that card just gives you a lot of value, and so those are quite a few that was really hard for me to keep off my list, but eventually I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trey, I you had some on yours list as well. I think um, looking at the format overall. Um, a lot of the trained creatures in white are one and two. Um, and then the your top pick, uh, Micah, it is a necessity for training decks to go off with just white. White needs the help of other colors to get training going. Otherwise, they'll just be one or two power creatures or two power creatures. So this is, I'm not, I like the training mechanic. I'm not high on it based off of what the power of other creatures I've seen in the format are um which is one of the reasons why i kind of just left the training off and just went with the you know tried and true removal and also lifelink kind of thing and i think just to speak on it um i agree with what you're saying tree um and i think when we you know this being a primer right our first look at a set Mm -hmm. we can only you know guess at what it's going to look like before we actually start playing into it um and i noticed that with micah's last list um you know when we were talking about midnight hunts you know something that he was ahead of right was trying to see you know he does a mixture of the two right he's looking at what what the format may look like Mm -hmm. and therefore kind of putting his eggs in the basket and i will say that the training like i think you're always going to be in dual color decks right so you're always going to depend on the other color anyway to buff the training um and just based off of our small sample size um it's it looks pretty good it look you know coven was another one that we were unsure if it was going to be something and then you know green white coven you know ends up being a a pretty big player in the format um and then uh just one more thing on the fierce retribution uh i get what you're saying micah yeah definitely six men is kind of heavy to do a removal spell um i would just say that the name of the game for me in drafting is attacking and so yeah, you'll have situations, right, where you're going to leave back that one card that's enabling the entire board. But when you do get to the late game, having that six mana ready and available at instant speed versus, like, paying three to put Cigars Imprisonment on there and then activate it again, you're looking at six versus eight mana. So um, just some things to think about uh, going into it. And, again, it might be right that, the you know, because we talked about uh, Eaten Alive as being a key card in mid because it exiled. So maybe Cigars Imprisonment plays out the same way. Um. Yeah, I get that. And actually, I was—I would say if I would not be shocked at all if at the end of the day I take a Swill Shield Brusher like completely off my list because it's like even though it gets indestructible, this card does not interact with removal in the way that you really want it to. But basically, all removal still kills it because mm-hmm. trigger goes on the stack. They can kill it in response. Right. You have the option to pay the one. So basically, the only reason is like this thing just went, gets through combat without unless they have like tokens to chump, which are actually quite are quite a few token producers that allow you to do that <laughs> there are yeah. uh, one thing to so note i wouldn't with... be shocked and I, at the end of the day, i think training is just going to be one of those mechanics that just gets you so much like incidental value mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to like necessarily building your deck around it one um, thing to note though um when you're attacking with the shield basher and training something um you attack with it the training um goes on the stack so even if they kill the shield basher, you'll still get the counter on it. So that is very important to know. 
Ooh, that is nice to know. That's very good, actually. By the way, just a, another thing before we move on to the blue. If y'all don't know, Tree is becoming, has become a judge. What are you doing, Tree? You got some knowledge in judging, right? I've got, I've taken some tests here yeah, and there. So we're, we're very fortunate to have someone who knows rule mechanics better than Micah and I, because sometimes we just throw cards at each I other's faces. <laughs> so anyways, I think it's time for blue. And since tree won that round tree, you get to start us off again. Okay. Well, very lucky for that one. Um, so going to cut right to the chase. Um, I am starting off with number one at stitched assistant. It is a two and blue for a three, two zombie. Um, it exploits, and when you do, scry one and draw a card. So very organ hoarder-esque. Um, you don't get to look at the top four or three, I don't remember. But same body, cheaper, but you have to exploit. But there are plenty of exploit synergies here. So I'm, I'm liking that one a lot. Um, my number two pick is um, Lantern Bearer. It is a one blue for a one one flying spirit. Um, and it has disturbed for two and a blue to give... An enchantment aura to another creature plus one one plus one and flying so it's a great uh, aggressive uh flyer early in the game also a spirit with any synergies with that and also can give one of your ground huge ground creatures flying later in the game so that's why i really like lantern bearer here um so that's gonna i think that's maybe a sleeper but well, those are my thoughts next scattered thoughts um three and a blue um, it is an instant look at the top four of your library and put two of those in your hand and the rest in your graveyard. So look at four, choose two, and dump two. Um, so you get to pick which cards you want to go in the graveyard if you need to, and just which two you want to put in your hand. So this is a much, I feel like it's a, a much better glimmer of genius because you don't get the advantage of having access to your graveyard. Um, so this one allows you to do that. And at common, really, really good. Um, especially limited uh, if you're able to get that instant thing. It also plays well into the um, instant sort uh, instant spells kind of thing. Is it spells kind of thing? Um, but also works well with Simic Mill and those graveyard strategies and spirit strategies as well. So plays well everywhere. Um, my number four pick, Binding Geist, two and a one. Um, it is a three one spirit. Whenever it attacks a target creature, an opponent controls gets minus two, minus zero at the end of turn. And it has a disturb cost of blue and one to enchant another creature for the minus two, minus zero effect. So I think this is a very good attacker. Um, and it's part of blue aggressive strategies, but also it is a three one, so it can block really, really well um, and trade off. And then you can use that aura to shrink one of their other bigger creatures so you can actually deal with it a little bit better. So I think that's going to be sort of that, that kind of thing. Again, plays well with the mill strategies or the blue-white spirits kind of thing. Um, and for my last pick, it's going to be Chill of the Grave. Um, two in blue for an instant. This spell costs one less to cast if you control a zombie. Um, tap target creature, and it doesn't untap. And during its controller's next untap step, draw a card. So this is, I, I feel this is sort of similar to the um, startle kind of um, kind of card the startle awake or something like that where you get minus two minus zero from the previous set the fact that this replaces up is really good this is a tempo card it buys you time it's really really good in um if you want to if you're you know being a little bit more defensive spells or 
Simic, but also gets a creature out of the way if you need to go and attack in. So that is my top five list for blue. Micah, off to you. Okay, we got a similar situation to last round. My top blue common is Cruel Witness. Two blue blue for a bird whore. Uh, that's just awesome on its own. It's a 3-3 three, three with flying. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, look at the top card of your library, you may put that card into your graveyard. So basically, it staples Surveil 1 onto all your non-creature spells. That's just very strong. So we want to smooth out your draws a little bit. But also, it's just a 3-3 three, three flyer for 4. That's just going to kill your opponent. Uh, and that's probably my main criteria when I determine at least the initial list. Like, all right, how does this card just kill my opponent? And that's why I picked Cruel Witness number one. Uh, my second one is Stitched Assistant, uh, the best blue exploit card. Uh, two and a blue, three, two, everything tree said. Uh, get to an opt. And based on my brief experience, the exploit deck is just very strong. I wish I had one of these in that deck. Uh, next up is another exploit card, and that is Repository Scob. Three and a blue for a 3-3 three, three zombie. So it has the creature uh, significance. It has exploit. And when it exploits a creature, it returns target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, one thing, the blue removal in this format sucks. So uh, you're going to want to pick up your removal in your other color. So you want to keep an eye out for that. And because that removal is so bad, uh, this card which can recur that removal spell sucking a zombie token, a spirit token, or whatever token, um, can help um, quell that issue. Uh, plus, it's just a 3-3 beater for four. Um, and then next up, I have Chill of the Grave. Um, Tree read it. Um, I'm kind of jealous, Tree. You get to read most of the cards because you keep winning. Um, but um, yeah, uh, this card is just bananas. If you have to cast it for three, that's perfectly fine. I feel like I saw the startle in this format because I didn't last time. But uh yeah, this, it clears the way. It cycles itself. The card's great. And then last up, Lantern Bear, the one mana, one one flying boy. Uh, if it was just that, it wouldn't be on the list. But the Disturb, they give something else flying and plus one plus one. It's just, it's good early. You can chump with it. You can sack it to exploit and get that uh, powerful aura after the fact. And that, like I said before, giving something big and flying is. Gonna win you the game unlimited, and that is my blue common list. Host of my judge friend, drunk. I don't know. My drunk judge friend. <laughs> so, first of all, I am glad that both of y'all have the lantern bearer on there. In fact, as you can see on my list, uh, I'm calling it now that I think that this will be the uh, thieves tool of the set. Um. I think a one, one flyer um, that will then give something else plus one, plus one flying, I think is just a, a great ability. And I think at its cost, it's very reasonable. Um, and it's going to be one of those cards that um, your, your blue decks are going to always want to have basically like, I don't, I don't think at any point this card is bad going back to y'all's list. So, Hmm. Binding Geist. I will agree with tree. I do like, you know, so it's, rate power right the three one for three i mean it could be worse it could be better does enable some things to where if they have a two power creature that you get to push it through and enable you know maybe you have that uncommon that um when you connect you draw a card um you know whatever right so it allows those kinds of things however i'm just unsure with the the toughness at three mana is you know 
kind of an issue. Um, going to your list, Mike, a cruel witness, a four mana three, three, um, a great, again, another common rate. So it's, you know, it's useful, right? I mean, it's a three, three flyer. I um, mean, you have some incidental where you trigger off of uh, what is it? Non-creature spells, right? And you get to, you know, take that card and put it in the graveyard. Um, that's great. I think as high as it is on your list, and this is where I differentiate from Samson, I will <laughs> I will critique a little bit on on the rating here as to where you put these cards in the list. That hurts you a little bit. Um, <clears throat> however, your list overall is is pretty solid. I mean, so is trees. So I guess it comes down to the binding geist over where the cruel witnesses and the fact that let's see. So you have stitch assistant, lantern bearer, scattered thoughts. Oh man. I think here, this is actually pretty tight for me. I think I'm going to go to Micah one tree. Um, I just think that binding geist um, and it may play out that that ends up being where, the, you know, you get to bring back that enchantment, um, keep a creature, that may have some high power uh, from, you know, stop it from attacking, but also because it triggers your enchantments for other, these other um, spirit shenanigans or whatnot, that might end up being the correct play. But I think just right now I will give Micah the edge here. So we got two and one tie game. Tie game. Oof. Oof. I, I, I do want to mention here on that on my list, um, and this could be totally wrong. <laughs> so I have wretched thong, uh, wretched thong. <laughs> it oh. might be wretched thong. <laughs> wretched throng on here. Um, it's oh. actually pretty high on my list. However, <clears throat> I think it's going to bounce off a little bit. Um, but getting one trigger to refill your hand with another two one uh, when oh, there's when exploit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so it's one in a blue for a two one zombie. Um, I think when it dies, you may search your library for another wretched throng and put it into your hand. Yes. Um, and so um, replacing itself one time uh, is great. And the fact that exploits a big mechanic, um, you know, being able to sack it for, you know, fodder and whatnot is great. However, Watching Micah's game, uh, there is another card that might make it irrelevant, which we'll talk about in black next. Um, yeah, we will talk about it, but it'll only um, be me talking about it. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I, I mean, once we get to like the honorable mentions part, um, I get. Uh, I, mean, I just love coolness. Is just I love flying. It's, <laughs> I, I made the joke to Costa that for my last slot, I wanted to put six wretched throngs. <laughs> I, I really want to get that where it's like i'll see like if there's like a dud rare and it's like some really weird like uncommons i see one all right I'll, this is the draft i'm gonna see how many of these i can actually get even though i'd probably wheel but you know um i just want at least one time in this format um have like eight of them in a the deck that'd be hilarious yeah but uh that's strong uh i like the what's it called the freaking spirit boy um binding guys mm -hmm. uh however it's like in the brief experience which is kind of the point of like the limited primary episode is that this is more prognosticating uh just pure card evaluation i suppose that but the it seems like a go wide format and that point it might lose a bit of value but i actually thought when i first read it i was like man this might be like one of coast's pet cards at the end of the format 
So uh, I saw Syncopate on your list, Costa, and I really like Syncopate um, just because you can play even though you're curved behind, you can still play up your curve. Yeah, that's actually why, and I didn't really bring it up um, in my mention there, just because for me, well, the reason why I didn't bring it up is because I'm a little tipsy, but the, <laughs> yes, Syncopate does scale really well with the game. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, is Exiles, which is, again, um, yes. when we talk about Innistrad sets, exiling cards uh, is kind of crucial. Um, so I imagine this card maybe not being... Um, a high pick but something that you're gonna really want to have in your tool bag of cards um so thank you for bringing that up yep and also like i mentioned just to like toot my own horn here blue removal sucks and syncopates the best blue uh, in the format <laughs> fair and enough i get more value for being that too yeah all right i get to go first once yay we're on to black commons and I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I already want to make a bunch of changes to my list after just those first four games that I played with a black deck. But I'm going to roll with it. First up, we have Bleed Dry. Two black black for an instant. Target creature gets minus 13, minus 13. Also known as just kill it. Uh, if that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. Costa's said that numerous times. That's just very important. Sabling exile it instead is just really good for a card. Uh, so it's a primo black removal spell in this format. Next up, I have Rot Tide Gargantua, which is three black black for a 5-4 zombie kraken. That sounds awesome. It has exploit, and when it exploits a creature, each opponent sacrifices a creature. Uh, just a big body that gets rid of one of your opponent's creatures. Um, I might downshift this one a little bit based on the brief experience I've had, but uh, card on its own, strictly as a mid-range card, it seems very uh, good. Next up, I had Gift of Fangs, a single black mana for an aura, chant creature. Uh, chant creature gets plus two, plus two, as long as it's a vampire. Otherwise, it gets minus two, minus two. So it's dead weight with either upside or downside, depending on how you think about it. Uh, if you just want it to be a removal spell, uh, if they have a vampire that you really want to kill, um, I'm sorry. But it kills most things that it wants to kill. And if you're in a vampire deck, it probably has the double uh, of both being able to pump your own creatures or kill a small creature on your opponent's side. Next up, I had Blood Crazed Socialite, which is three and a black for a 3-3 three, three vampire. It has Menace, so it's another 4-mana 3-3 three, three with Evasion, but when it ETBs, you make a Blood Token. We haven't talked about those yet, because we're just now getting into the colors that really care about Blood Tokens, uh, black and red. Um, but whenever Blood Crazed Socialite attacks, you may sacrifice a Blood Token. If you do, it gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. So basically, you cast this on turn four. Turn five, you basically get to attack with a 5-5 five, five menace. If you have any other way of um, making blood tokens, which you probably do if you're in a blood deck, which is the archetype for um, red-black, then this thing's just going to be a huge beater. And uh, that kills your opponent, and that's what I'm a fan of. Uh, and then rounding out my list, I have Doom the Center, one a black for a 1-1 one, one human. It's a reprint. When it dies, you make a 2-2 two, two black zombie. Uh, this is primo fodder for uh, exploit. Also, if you manage to trade it against a, uh, what's it, tree, the dungeon guy, binding geist, that'll feel really good for you. Um, but um, yeah, it's just a, for a big mechanic in the set, and it's just a pretty decent uh, mid range card. And that is my five for black commons. Tree. Okay. All right. Very uh, similarly different lists. 
Uh, we do have bleed dry at the top. Um, that's my number one here. Um, same reasons, removal and exiles. I'm not sure if it that was said, but um, number two, I have desperate farmer. So for me, I'm big on the lifelink theme here, and I think lifelink is going to be a big payoff um, in this set at least, or yeah, in this limited format. Um, so three mana, two two lifelink. So not not. Uh, it's an okay rate, um, but when it dies, when another creature you control dies, transform it, and then it becomes a 4-3 lifelinker. And I think creatures dying is going to be very easy in this format. Um, so this can be easily a 3-mana 4-3 lifelinker, and that will make some races pretty difficult for your opponent. Um, my third pick is a Diagraph's Scavenger. It is a 4 and a black for a 2-3 Death Toucher. So, you know, a good body that trades with anything, basically. And it actually survives a lot of um, the creatures, the two-powered creatures. But when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one target card from a graveyard, any graveyard, even your opponent's. Um, if a creature was exiled this way, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So that is a, another life gain trigger right there. And it's basically like the um, that vampire that drains whenever you, if an opponent lost vampire life. Vampire That too, you know. <laughs> they just both have to be vampires in the previous two sets. And uh, my fourth on the list is uh, Doom Dissenter. Um, same thing that Micah said, Great Sacrifice Fodder. Need not much more to be said. And my, I think this is going to be a really, um, I guess, not, uh, what's that What's that word? Controversial. Um, that, that's, that's what that word is. It, it is Undying Malice. It is black for an instant and until end of turn target creature. Uh, gains when this creature dies, you return to the battlefield tapped uh, under its owner's control with a plus one plus one counter. Black is exploiting things, things are dying left and right, so bringing it back for extra case of exploit or you know that boost of toughness is going to be really really good and I think you can trade this, like trading this card for another copy of a better card, a creature card, you know. Um, and after, after using that creature to trade in combat or something like that. I think that's really, really, really good. Um, so I think that's going to be it. Costa, to your judge. Interesting, interesting. Um, I definitely like y'all's list. Also, if y'all didn't notice, I had, <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me, Grizzly, whatever. So when I was making my list, I got like a few cards <laughs> mixed up. Um so that's just like a little side note, but um, definitely agree with y'all. Bleed Dry is extremely high on that pick order um, for exiling. Like, it's just like the big thing, right? Um, Micah, I like your I like your thoughts on Gift of Fangs. In fact, it's making me kind of look at my list. Um, I have a Courier Bat at number four on my list. And um, I also kind of misread that card, um, that it's when it ETBs. And if you gain a life, you bring a creature back um, to your hand. Um, yeah, uh, Gift of Fangs, right? Just being a efficient removal spell or a pump for your vampires. Yeah, there are going to be some times where you want to get rid of a vampire in particular, and this won't target it. But I think the upside on this card far away is that. Uh, however, Rot Tide Gargantua... I, uh, I'm not that big of a fan of, um, I think there's just better exploiting creatures. Um, and while this does, you know, 
make them sacrifice as you alluded to uh it's looking like this format me might be about going wide and so they're sacrificing you know some token versus um you know you're you're doing the same thing but i just i think it net zeros there which you're shaking your head so you understand that undying malice um i feel you on the heads up play there tree uh definitely a lot of exploit going on uh i just don't know if i can justify it as a top five card i definitely see it as kind of like a nice trick right when you're exploiting and you bring that card right back um i just don't know if i want to be holding up that one mana albeit just one black mana but um to do a heads up play like that um however i i think it's kind of i say, I say it's a big miss I, I think not having diagraph scavenger on your list micah um agreed yeah that that card and, and you saw what it did so uh, i would i was going to give it to you let me look at this again real quick um hmm. When you're done, uh, I'm going to tell you what my new list is because I've already changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So you have one, two, three, four. I'm actually not a fan. Just to let you know, uh, I'm not a fan of Doom to Center uh, because on my list, um, I do have a card that I think is just outright better, um, and that's that Persistent Specimen. So it's one mana for a 1-1 one, one skeleton, and you pay two and a black to bring it back from the graveyard to the battlefield. Tapped, albeit, but it's just a constant recursion for your exploit shenanigans. Oh, man. I, all right, I, I'm going to give this one to Tree just because I think that, that Diagraph Scavenger is a pretty big miss there. So I made my list uh, yeah, Tuesday like last or week. Yeah, you made it pretty early. Uh, uh, but uh, and at that point, I was just like, like, oh, this card's a five-power creature that can kill my opponent. Um, now, what I would do is I would take Gargantua off and I'd put Dargrass Scavenger at two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cards, I love Vampire Spawn so much. Like, I was silly in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that card is basically that card plus Death Touch in my mind. <laughs> Uh, and then I'd also kick off Doom to Center because I really like that. Um, what's it? Persistent. Persistent specimen. specimen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the way that played, and mm-hmm. so at that point they'll become replaceable, and so I'd have neither of them on my list, mm-hmm. and I'd put uh, Farmer there at five. I'm glad you brought that up. That was actually I was going back over Tree's list. I think missing the Farmer um, is also not like as big of a miss, but that card, uh, as you can see, is number one on my list. And again, for the reasons that Tree was mentioning about life gain, it flips into something bigger. You can crew it up, quote unquote, with the the backside of the little blue flying guy and just go to town. So, and all I want to say, uh, I completely understand giving Tree the points. But uh, it feels bad, you know, picking, uh, getting picked uh, behind a guy who put uh, like a D level card on his top five list. Un- uh, I almost said Undying Evil. That's the difference. Undying Malice. Uh, come on, man. It's like we've seen these in limited before. It's like, would you rather have that in your deck or like a specimen or the Doom Descender or something? Just something else you can sack, like another thing as opposed to like a win more card. It's like, no, that's, that's, why I that's fair. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, and like I said, that's why it was kind of hard. I just think I, I'm a big fan of the Diagraph Scavenger and the Farmer. Um, and since both of y'all had Doom to Center on there, um, it was, you know, that's like a, a cross out kind of thing. Um, sorry, go ahead, Tree. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
Oh, I mean, so I was also uh, trying to call back to the Adventures of the Forgotten Realm format, the D&D. There was that one card that brought things back when things died, and it was... Kinda? Yeah, it was It was so really a blowout a lot of the times whenever I've played against it. So I valued Undying, Undying Malice a little bit higher based on that experience. Well, okay then. We, I am now losing. It is tree at four and I have three. Is that right, Costa? Uh, no, I have you at trees at five and you're at four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, tree, you get to go first when it comes to our red cards. Okay. All right. Jumping straight to it. Red, uh, a braid. Uh, one in red for deal three damage to target creature as an instant or you destroy a target artifact. Um, historical things is a braid has been playable in every single format. Um, having that modal spell is really good in case you ever really need to destroy some huge artifact, <coughs> Seeker's Chariot. <coughs> um, but limited here, you know, a three premium, two, dam two damage, or two mana, three damage to any target creature. Really, really, really good. Um, my second is the Kessic Flame Breather, and I am hedging this on the fact that I think Is It Spells is semi, you know, secretly really, really well supported in this uh, limited format. And being able to have that fire, um, that damage every single time you cast that non-creature spell. It is a uh, 1 in red for a 1-3. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it deals 1 damage to each opponent. Um, so very, very similar to the Thermal Alchemist. It won't be, you won't get to untap it every single time, but has that same kind of effect. Um, so yeah, I, and it's a good, great blocker early on, so that's why I also like it. Here, um, my third pick is Ancestral Anger. It is a sorcery uh, for one red. Uh, target creature gains trample and gain, gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is one plus the number of cards named Ancestral Anger in your graveyard and draw a card. It is a one mana sorcery, so it's a non-creature uh, non creature spell to trigger your is it stuff. Um, you can also get something trample, a big big creature trample to finish up the game and it replaces itself which is really really key um which is if it didn't replace itself with that draw a card it wouldn't be on my list but because it does it's it's i think it's really really good um my fourth pick is going to be i think red does need this this big creature um and it is pyre spawn it is four red red for six four but when it dies it deals three damage to any target so at least this is going to trade a two-for-one the majority of the time. Um, if not, you just dome them. But I think big creatures is going to be lacking in this format. And if you do need that big creature, I think that's going to be one of the premium big creatures. Um, and my last pick was, was contested for other things as well. But um, I think removal is a safe choice right now. Um, but last rate flesh... Four, four, four in red for sorcery that deals four damage to target creature. Create a number of blood tokens equal to the amount of excess damage dealt to that creature this way. So, for example, kill a 2-2 two -two with this, you get two blood tokens. But um, I think four is kind of the sweet spot in this format. A lot of stuff, majority of stuff is about four toughness. I think I counted only like 10 cards that really are greater than four toughness. 10 to 12 cards, like cannot remember so i think this is going to be fine um you may not be happy for a five mana removal spell but i think you've seen a lot of lots of five mana removal spells so this is going to be fine 
And those are my picks. Micah. All right, a lot of similar cards, a lot of, especially the first one. We have a braid, uh, reprint, downshifted from uncommon, uh, deals three damage to target creature or destroys target boarded windows. Um, a card we'll let's talk about it after we've gone through it all because it's a it's a carless card that you're going to want to talk about in the this limited environment. Uh, braid's absurd, uh, top common uh, in red for sure. Next up, I have flame blessed bolt. A uh, single red mana that does not deal three damage to any target. Instead, it's an instant that deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. But if that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, you exile it instead. It's a shock that exiles. That's good. Uh, I put lacerate flesh at thirds because I defaulted to removal. Um, uh, yeah, four damage for five mana isn't the best, but uh, in limited, you'll take what you can get. Uh, but also the blood tokens means it has add value in that deck. Next up, I took Falconrath Celebrants, which is four and a red for a 4-4 vampire with menace. And when it ETBs, you get to create two blood tokens. Those blood tokens can either be used... I don't think we've talked about blood tokens specifically, like what they do, but you can pay one, tap and sack them, discard a card to uh, draw a card. So basically they give the rest of the cards in your hand cycling. Uh so yeah, uh, four four menace for five mana. That's just a really good rate. And uh, choo choo coming through. Uh, next up, uh, blood petal celebrant one a red for a two one vampire. It has first strike as long as it's attacking. That's a rather annoying line of text because uh, there's like the one one in the last set that had the same line of text and that proved to be kind of annoying. But yeah, a two one first strike is just a good one. attacker. And when it dies, you get to make a blood token. So. Added value in spe specific blood deck, but it's a 2-1 that attacks with first strike. Uh, so if you have any other way of buffing it, that's going to be really, really, really nice. And that are my, those are my five red commons. Kosa, Supreme Judge, will you please let us know your judgment in the way only you can? Well, sorry for the listeners. We're gonna have to hear it. So, <laughs> um, ah, so first of all, both of y'all's list. Obviously, um, funny enough, I am the odd man out here. I do not have a braid at number one. <laughs> um, I don't have a braid at number one because I'm seeing the plethora of removal in this set, and so I think this card is very high. Um, the card that I have at number one, which you know, waiting for tree to get back from the bathroom. Um, so I'm going to stall this as much as I can. Uh, let's see one, two, anyways, um, <laughs> reckless impulse. I'll just bring it up when he goes back, but reckless impulse mean you, Oh, there he is. Ah, there he is. Um, so that's a card that I don't know. Red loves drawing cards and this is, doesn't draw a card, but what it does do is for one in a red as a sorcery, exile the top two cards of your library. And until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards, uh, hitting a land and the spell, even two spells that are cheap is really high. So that's the difference between our list among other things with all that being said, uh, cause I haven't really talked about y'all's list on trees list. I'm not that big of a fan of Kessic flame breather, just because I don't know, I don't know if I want to be casting spells to get that damage in at a one, three body. And I'll be honest. When I first read the card, I was like, wait a minute, they just downshifted thermal alchemist. But then I forgot. I was like, no, 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 it taps automatically 
to deal the damage and then anything after is excess. And so I just had like a little lapse in memory with that card. Um, the other card is Pyre Spawn. Totally agree with you. And it's a great point that you brought up, Tree, that um, power is going to be kind of um, short in supply in the set. Uh, there aren't a lot of cards past like the three, four mana, or sorry, three, four power uh, without buffing them up, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, and so I think this card, I could be proven wrong by you. Um, however, just immediately, I'm not as big of a fan as a six, four for six. Um, and so for those reasons, I'm actually going to give this one to Micah. Um, I think the even bigger push on this, uh, on his list is really just having the flame bless bolt again, as y'all can tell, I'm very slanted towards exiling effects and being a one mana removal spell that exiles, um, is very efficient. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to give Micah the two and tree the one here, uh, there was just another card that I wanted to bring up since it was on my list. Um, by the way, Ancestral Angler, I agree with you, Trees. I think it's going to be a great cantrip. Like, <laughs> we saw what the Rise of Fury or whatever Full Moon's Fury did, right? This card has kind of some of the essence there. Lunar um, Frenzy? Sorry, Lunar Frenzy. Thank you. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Um, this card is probably just wrong. However, I did want to talk about Hungry Wolf, uh, or sorry, Hungry Ridge Wolf. It's one in a red for a 2-2 wolf. As long as you controlled another wolf or werewolf, uh, it gets plus one in trample. Just being a very aggressive trampoly two-drop, um, it could pan out to be really good, or the format could just say, no, this card isn't that great. Um, time only tell because I haven't played with this card, but I did like this card quite a bit. So anyways, any other thoughts from y'all? Sorry for taking uh, that up. One, uh, oh, you're doing your job. Uh, also, because like in blue, I didn't have a card that I'm really excited for. Uh, what's that? Uh, four mana draw two tree scattered thoughts. I'm not just a fan of card draw spells and limited, maybe that's just a fault of mine, but I feel like there's I just rather have another piece of gas that I hope to draw with one of those. That could be a wrong opinion of mine, but that's just kind of how I think about it. And I like, uh, ancestral anger but i feel like you only really want to play it just because losing the x at the start of it to really get the buff uh to kill somebody um makes it a little less but the fact that if you're in like blue red spells and these keep getting past you then oh yeah you're gonna line them up because they're gonna because there's multiple like things like the casting flame breather uh in the set that deals damage whenever you cast non-creature spells uh, we might talk about some later but um I feel like you really want them in that deck, but you don't really want them outside of that deck. And so that's why, and Kosa basically said why I wasn't big on Kessig Flame Breather. It's like, um, it's in my mind, it's like the mom, I really want a Thermo Alchemist. She's like, no, don't worry. We have Thermo Alchemist at home. Right. And that's the Kessig Flame Breather. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm leaning towards is it spells, and also the mm -hmm. there was the the two one um, from what, our devastation that does has the same literally the same text. Oh, Firebrand Archer. Archer. Yeah, something like that. And you know, I think that proved really, really so well in that format. Yeah, it attacks for two. So I'm just trying to hedge on this one, but that's why. But I get it. Yeah, I get it. No, and that and funny enough, that makes a lot of sense because uh, even though I don't draw, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm as big of it as a player as you are. Cause I mean, you have a foiled out, you know, Phoenix deck, you know, you've played <laughs> in pioneer modern, right. Wherever you can play it. I do like, is it spells? And that's why when I first saw this card, I was like, Oh yeah. I just, 
um, the the one three is kind of the hard part. Let me ask you this though. So Mike Micah said he wasn't that big on the Reckless Impulse, and I know it's on your list. Um, where do you stand on that card? It uh, was on my noted list. <laughs> it was on your noted list. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you think that plays out? I mean, I I kind of laid out the <laughs> there's a uh, what's the cat's name again? Sion. Scion, yeah. Uh, yes. Tree sends me dailies of this cat. I love this cat now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so how I figure how it plays out is we have a card in standard right now, Expressive Iteration. While not the same card, um, it gives me some of those inklings as to, like I said, you get to maybe get a land out of this mm-hmm. uh, for your land drop for the turn and get the extra spell. And again, it's until the end of your next turn, which is even better than Expressive Iteration. So um, how do you feel? Do you feel like that card... Um, I know it was on your noted list, but do you feel like that card is going to play the way I want it to, or do you get caught off guard with these cards sometimes? Um, because Reckless Impulse uh, says uh, you may play those cards, right? It's not cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to play really, really well Well, limited. It's a one-shot um, light up the stage. Um, well, I mean, it's light up the stage for two, basically. You don't need the, um, what you call it, the spectacle trigger. And so I think it's going to be really, really good, especially at common. Um, and because this is common, that's why I'm also high on the flame breather as well, because you could get more copies of it. Because Light of the Stage was an uncommon, I believe. Uh, yes. No. Yeah. What? I thought that was common. Lots of no, no, it was uncommon. The skewer it was common. Skewer the the yeah. was uncommon. So I think this is going to be really, really good in spells, heavy decks, um, and. There's lots of removal spell, instant and sorceries, non-creatures, anything like that. Um, so I'm leaning, I think it has more support, at least in this format. But like everything else really goes well with uh, Reckless Impulse is just really good. It doesn't need to go into the spells deck, you know. So I could have just evaluated it like that. Yeah, all right. It was uncommon. I apologize. No, you're good. No, I just I knew that. Like I love that card. Me and me and Tree, like I said, we play a lot of it, so <laughs> we know those red cards. Um, it's been a minute has been in standard, and that's the only time I'm playing like mono red with that is really really fun. Fair enough. I'm a I'm a big fan of reckless impulse, especially in constructed. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yes. I have like yes. I have like some weird uh, thing. Where I I rather rather run a. Uh, piece of gas instead of a card draw spell basically well you showed me that uh in historic your four flamekin steamkins or whatever on the field That's a, <laughs> storm deck. i know but, but hey there's another piece right there like it's a draw yeah, too oh uh, man well all right we are now tied up again leading into our final commons and that is the green ones and i'll be kicking us off with uh my number one which is wolf strike two in a green for an instant Target creature you control gets plus two plus so until end of turn. If it's night, then it deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. So it's a bite, not a fight. So it's one way to punch. It's only it's not they don't deal damage to each other. But it only gets the buff if it's night. So at that point, I'm just basically treating it as that that part is just gravy. Uh, I'm not really concerning it. But three mana instant speed, uh, punch, bite, whatever you want to call that effect, is just good, especially in green or in. I know there's like good removal in other uh, colors, but I really like the punch effects in green. And so I might overvalue them, but I wouldn't be surprised if this card is just really, really sick. Okay, I have to get ready for this next card. I'm really excited for it. Uh, We have Rural Recruit. 
Three and a green. Human peasant. One, one. Four mana for one, one. What are you talking about? Oh, it has training though, so it can't get bigger. But the most important thing is when it ETBs, you get to make a three, one. Three, one. Green pig token. I mean, it says boar, but it's a pig. Um, apologize to the headphone listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, you get to make a three, one pig. It's two bodies on one card. Uh, the training trigger basically happens because it comes with its own trainer, which happens to be a pig, be a pig, which is kind of funny. Um, best art in the set for sure. Got this homie saluting a pitchfork in one hand, leaning on his pet pig. Let's go. Um, dang, this might be my pick for uh, Thieves Tools of the set just because the pig uh, modifier just gives it so much more value. Uh, okay, uh, next up, I have Spore Crawler, two and a green for a 3-2 Fungus. When it dies, draw a card. I actually wouldn't be surprised if this is the best uh, common green creature at the end of the day. Trades, replaces itself. Let's go. Also attacks very well. Uh, next up, Apprentice Sharpshooter. Two and a green for a 1-4 Human Archer with Reach and Training. Uh, the On the primer for Midnight Hunt, I left Burdenmire off my list. I'm not going to do it with this. There's lots of spirits running around. There's lots of little dinky flyers running around. Uh, 1-4 Reach blocks most of them, but a 2-5 Reach blocks all of them. You only need to get one counter on your creature to get that stat line. And rounding out my list, we have Weaver of Blossoms, two and a green for a 2-3 human werewolf. Taps at one man of any color. Daybound, and on the night side, it's a 3-4, which taps at two man of any color. Um, one of the values of green and limited is primo fixing and ramp. Uh, get your big spells uh, out there. And this does both of them, fixes and ramps. And if you flip it, it super ramps. And a 3-4 four for 3 is just really, really good. And those are my five green commons. Treat, your turn. Oh, geez. Very, very. Like, uh, uh, green, I feel, is the best color in this format. Um, I had such a hard time picking and all that stuff. Uh, but anyways, just to get down to it. Um, same pick number one, Wolf Strike. Um the night part isn't really relevant too much. It may play in some times, but you just want to bite something. That's perfectly fine at instant speed. Um, I put Apprentice Sharpshooter at number two, obviously Burdenmire, um, and it has the training ability, which is going to be key because it's a 1-4. It will automatically grow if you attach with it or attack with it. Now I have something that wasn't on Micah's list. It is four green-green, for a 6-6 six, six wolf spirit creature, flourishing hunter. When it ETBs, you gain life equal to the greatest toughness among other creatures you control. Note, this is other creatures, but normally if you're playing green, you'll probably have other bigger creatures as well following up to this creature. Now, I was very big on Rise of the Ants from the last set, Crimson Bow, and I just have the Rise of the Ants feels from this. You can't get another copy of it, but you know, having a 6-6 six, six body is also really, really powerful here. Um, and it pairs perfectly well with the next card I am picking. Massive Might. Target creature gets plus 2, plus 2, gains trample and dependent turn. It is a green, one green, not one in green, but just a green. And it is an instant here. And so combat trick galore. Really, really good one. Um, <clears throat> and my last one is uh, three in green. Rule Recruit. Um, same everything that Micah said. It is a creature that um, two bodies, just like um, what's the white one? 
Clarion cathars or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this has training and it enables the training ability on the creature itself. So that is very, very important here. Okay. Um, and I think that rounds it out, but many good green cards here. So what is a uh, sound in a uh, British accent uh, tree? Is it like uh, suey or suey? It's just or... suey, okay? <laughs> do, it, really... do it, Howard. It's suey, okay? It's suey. I like really that. Very, it's very uh, pinky up. So I will, uh, yeah, I agree with tree. I love the, I love the green. Uh, I actually like your, your, uh, flourishing hunter to rise of the ants while it's obviously not the same card yeah i mean it's you got six uh power and toughness worth of two creatures gain you some life so um anyways going back to your list here so we all have wolf strike at number one so obviously we all value the uh power to be able to kill a creature in green and green usually has the creatures that can body all the other creatures right so Really don't need to talk about that one that much. Um, Trey, let me ask you this. Why is Spore Crawler not on your list? Was that on your honorable mentions? That is on my honorable mentions. There is so many green stuff, and I just like the big creature, so I didn't choose Spore Crawler. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I will say I have one on here that y'all may laugh at, um, and even I'm not convinced of this card. Uh, I'm trying to hedge on what the format will look like. So for number five on my list, I have Sheltering Bows. That's three and a green for an enchantment aura. When ETBs, you draw a card, and the creature gets plus one, plus three. And so... Um, it's two I'll, green. Uh, Should be for two. Two and a green, sorry. What did I yeah. say? Like three and green, that's like four mana for that. Is oh, no, 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 no. Three mana uh, is fine. <laughs> I mean, even three mana might be a stretch here. Um I have this on my list. I only bring this up because I wanted to share my list and say that uh, this might be something where uh, cantripping uh, on a creature and just it's only one power, uh, which is kind of interesting. So it doesn't get to help the the pig grow that much more for training. But I think the little farmer is going to get big enough. Um, I like that y'all that we all have apprentice sharpshooter. Again, I think we all recognize that reach um, is a big deal. And actually, didn't think about that for some reason. But Micah, you are right on about um, it turning into a two five is just that much more hell, and it's a permanent thing. Whereas when we had Birdemeyer, when it flipped into the three five, right, you, it was basically conditioned to the day or night cycle. So that's a good call there. <sighs> Let me look at this again. I am sorry. <laughs> Y'all got some good lists. So, um, hmm. I got some good lists. I guess I need to find something that I don't like. Um, it's funny enough, there's not anything that I don't like. Uh, and unfortunately, true for you, my list lines up just a little bit more with Micah's. Um, and even more so, I think just missing, I think, I think the spore, um, crawler needs to be on there because a point that micah brought up was it attacks very well i actually don't care about it defending but the fact that it attacks very well at a three two um is kind of a big deal for me and so for this round it will go to micah getting the two points uh and mr tree will be getting the one but my first lead of the day your but however i actually just really like your list and i know how you pilot dex tree so being as skilled as you are um, I can see you just really running away with something like Might of the Mass and stuff like that. So, 
I guess we're moving on to the uh, white on commons. Let's see if that's something to say. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Flourishing Hunter. Um, I don't think it's Rise of the Ants. I get the similarity, but if you took Flashback off Rise of the Ants, uh, we wouldn't have been gushing. Maybe because it made the ant tokens, and that's kind of cool. But I don't think it's... I, I see the similar. But for me, like the whole like big creature thing becomes replaceable, and that's why I didn't put that on my list. I tend not to put the big giant ones on my list. And I really like the like mid game creatures that really make the game go and can sometimes just end the game before you have the opportunity to get to six mana. Warcraft behemoth. I know for someone who loves Warcraft behemoth, uh, not picking the okay. two Special ants into the best magic card. <laughs> yeah. Divine Gambit award winner. Yeah. No, I'm not saying like it's as good as, as rise of the ants. I'm just saying like, I, like I could see trees logic. Like they literally said, okay, we want, a rise of the ants type of card in there. What do we do? Oh, we put them two together and somehow these ants turn into a wolf. So <laughs> one last thing before we move on, uh, the art on massive might great primo second to my rural recruit art giant snail. It's taking awesome. a crap on people. Like it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Let's eat those houses. Well, I'm just saying, like, the goo left behind them is like, I crapped on all of you. I want to say something else, but I can't. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, rule recruit for best common inset. Uh, so moving on, we are now moving on to white uncommons, top three white uncommons. And as your defending round champion, I get to go first for this round. And... Let me just scroll down. All right, so my top white uncommon, keeping in mind that my criteria is, does this card help win the game, uh, is Angelic Quartermaster. Three white white for a 3-3 angel soldier with flying. When ETBs put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two other target creatures. So we've seen this similar effect among other cards. Like there was the cat and was it M21? that uh, had lifelink and put and then there's the one in the last set the what was it gabony silversmith yeah but those could uh put it on the, the silversmith at least could put it on itself this can't but it's a five drop buffs your other creatures uh goes in any deck that has white in it and a three three flyer i've already said how big a fan i am of a three three flyer and um yeah it's really i find it in terms of the value you get from this card on its own, that's why I have it as my top white uncommon in the primer episode. Uh, next up, speaking of flyers, we have Griff Wing Cavalry. Three and a white for a 2-2 human knight with flying and training. But most importantly, whenever it attacks, you may pay one and a white. If you do, target attacking creature without flying gains flying until end turn. Was it uh, the name of the Pegasus from War of the Spark that basically had a similar effect? Um... Giving another attack, giving another creature flying, just put in generic giant creature you have in your deck, and that will that wins the game. Uh, I kind of want to, for that reason, I kind of want to put this at number one. 
But if you had like some dorks, I just feel like maybe Angelic Quartermaster is just better. But I'm a big fan of this Griffwing Cavalry card. And rounding out my uh, white uncommons is Circle of Confinement. One white for an enchantment. It exiles target creature with opponent control of mana value three or less until it leaves the battlefield. But also, if you exile a vampire, and whenever opponent casts a vampire with the same name as the card exiled with Circle of Confinement, you can gain two life. Uh, so that instantly bumps up like 12 points in Tree's Book because it gains life. But um, yeah, it's just really efficient. Deals with anything. It deals with probably 65, 70% of the creatures you'll see in the format. And for that reason, uh, it's just really efficient, really good. It rounds up my white uncommons. Tree, you're up. Okay, so you went for the bigger flying kind of uh, aspect here. I went for the lower kind of, low to the ground kind of thing. So I put my first pick at circular confinement. Premium re removal spell here is going to be, you know, and it's a, a, not a banishing light, but the silk wrap kind of thing. Um, the vampire casting is just flavor text, I suppose. I don't really care about that. I don't think it's ever going to really trigger or be much of a thing in limited formats. Um, so yeah, premium removal spell here. Um, the second pick here, um, I chose Valorous Stance as a flexible save you creature and sort of act as a removal spell in that sense because your creature might be trading for theirs or um, destroy creature with toughness 4 greater um, and I think the 4 greater is is the key here is because you know most creatures top out at 4 um, uh, most of the smaller creatures top out at 4 but then you want to have something to deal with the bigger creatures as a flexible option because if you give your creature indestructible, you can probably kill your, the smaller creatures anyways. Um, and my... So Valor Stance is a one in white for an instant that does uh, destroy a target... A target creature gains indestructible at the end of turn, or destroys a target creature with toughness four or greater. Okay, um, my third pick is going to be on, along the lines of the Spore Crawler here, um, Resistance Squad. It is two in white for a creature, a three-two, um, and when it enters the battlefield, if you control another human, draw a card. Um, and I think this set is chock full of humans. And if you're in red uh, or green, um, you can get all those humans over there. So um, just, you know, phenomenal card. 3-2, aggressive, can trade pretty well as well. Um, but yeah, that's it. Hmm, y'all make it tough on me again, don't y'all? I can see why Samson uh, made some bad decisions before now again. <laughs> all right, so we all have Circle of Confinement on there um, for all the reasons y'all said. Uh, Disefficient. Um, we're going to care more about those Lud of the Ground creatures being the thing, right? So obviously it makes it on there. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So. Tree and I have Valor Stance, while Mike and I have Griffwing Cavalier. So the question is, how much do I like Angelic Quartermaster over Resistance Squad or vice versa? Um, so Mike, you brought up a great point um, that it doesn't put a plus one plus one counter on itself, which is what gave me pause on my list for that card. Um, and then for you tree i also looked at resistance squad and i said 
yeah, there are a lot of humans, but there was also a lot of spirits. Uh, there's a lot of vampires. And what I'm getting at is like when I'm combining it with the other colors, um, what am I, am I going to make sure that I have enough creatures that are human just to trigger this three, two, one time, albeit it draws a card and that's cycling, if you will. So, um, that's pretty powerful. Hmm. I think it's funny though. It's that Valor stance is kind of a big deal for me though. Um, having that modal situation of, yeah, it only kills, what is it? Toughness for greater. Um, <clears throat> but, um, having the ability to give your best creature indestructible as kind of a, a way to have a combat trick on top of that is pretty, pretty high for me with all that said. And as I'm compiling it, ugh, I, I think I'm going to go with, let's see one more time. So Valor stance, circle confinement. That's good. That's good. But I have the Griff wing higher. <sighs> I think I'm going with tree on this one for the two points to him. And then the one to Micah, um, just because I, th I believe a little bit more in Valorous stance. Um, and it's probably good enough that the resistance squad, um, should be able to trigger most of the time. But again, I also see myself being incorrect here and that you just want to throw through flyer that, and again, as Mike has alluded to going wide, I mean, you're adding two counters onto your go wide strategy on zombies that don't have decayed. Right. So the real creatures. Um, but I think I'm going to give the edge to tree on this one. So now I feel every time you got, uh, tilted at Samson for cheating you out of points. I'm just saying. Uh, gonna... <laughs> my, my honorable mention was Angelic Quartermaster, and if I had switched that in the Resistance Squad, I still would have got the points. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's one. I think at the end, I wouldn't be surprised if it when you run it back, a card that's not we haven't talked about yet. That's going to be on our and that's Arm the Cathars. Yeah, because you Which saw what one... it could do. <laughs> I mean, I saw it, and I. I saw it and I kind of, I was like, oh, that's really strong. And I kind of forgot about it. And then someone played against me, but they played against me when they were like so far behind, like that. They played that whenever I had three board, uh, boarded windows in play. Mm -hmm. So that really much negated all the benefit they got from the card, but I'm going to one white, white for a sorcery until in a turn target creature gets plus three, plus three up to one other target creature, get plus two, plus two up to one other uh, creature gets plus one plus one those creatures gain vigilance it's basically like kind of like white overrun and i wouldn't be surprised if we do run it back that uh that's a card that we have on our list so do you think we should evaluate cards based on maybe if we're behind say we're behind on board right and um play three mana three two or play a five mana three three flying flying that's okay. not, well, that's another thing i was like say you had no no creatures on board you're in top deck mode and you top deck resistance squad or um angelic quartermaster angelic quartermaster <laughs> uh, so here, here's my thing what i don't like about those arguments while they're very valid uh, right. it, it's mm -hmm. it, the thing with those and the thing where i'll disagree or we'll differentiate ourselves from people like lsv and marshall on, on lr is that we can draw up any scenario um, where a card is really good. And so when they, I, I think they've changed their stance on this a little bit. So they have, you know, they used to have like, what does this card do in your head behind at parody, whatever. Right. I'm looking at it as how often, how often is this happening? Right. And so 
it's definitely subjective because I could play a hundred games and they could be a hundred games totally different from you and Micah. But I'm just looking at the odds of at the end of the day, what is happening overall. And since we haven't played much, obviously <laughs> draft yep. this game out or whatever, um, I have to look at it as what is this card going to do for me? And, and knowing that like Valorous stance is going to be one of the cards that I have in my, in my deck or whatever. And I know I'm going to have creatures to support that. I mean, I have to, right. I'm in white, I, like white doesn't really do anything without creatures for sure. So mm-hmm. the same thing can be said for angelic quartermaster, right? So three, three flyer, you're going to have creatures. And so for me, it's like, well, how likely am I going to have those creatures? And after seeing Micah's games today, that's why I'm saying this list was made a little bit beforehand. And of course I can, I'm trying to self-correct a little bit, but I see Micah's world, right? Where we're going wide and adding plus one, plus one counters to your team. And then, like you said, adding a card like Arm the Cathars, where, I mean, you just want to punch and knock your opponents out. So just trying to look at this again, um, when we look at this is like, that's why I like the different perspectives here, because pick your poison, right? Pick who you want to be, tree, Micah, or me, right? Depending on your style. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the point of this uh, episode. It's not necessarily about who wins, even though I'd very much like to win. <laughs> um, getting all of our diverse opinions and uh, evaluations of these cards out for the listeners. Hey, um, uh, I will say white. I don't know how y'all felt about the white uncommons, but I felt like this was another deep white uncommons. We even talked about distracting guys. That's two and a white for a two, one spirit. Then when it attacks defending creature uh, player controls, you tap it. Right. And then it has the four and a white. You just put that onto another creature. Radiant grace is kind of another interesting one. One mana, uh, sorry, one white mana for an enchantment aura. Give one O and vigilance to a creature. And then when it, the creature dies you return it and basically curse your opponent and now all their creatures come in tapped i feel like that card's gonna be pretty powerful too there was just a, like a lot of good white uncommons um i i think and it's funny and they put like this mega dead here with like bride's gown but um i don't know did y'all feel the same way it was white kind of hard for y'all to pick i know it was for me so the uncommons yes yeah yeah uh for me the hardest one were the blue uncommons which is our segue <laughs> to the next round and tree uh you get to go first Okay, all right. Um, my blue uncommon. Start off with Screaming Swarm. Um, a very similar argument to that. Uh, Phantom Carriage in Crimson or in Midnight Hunt. Um, it is a five mana, five in a blue for for total six mana. Uh, bird Horror, a four four flying creature, and it says whenever you attack with one or more creatures, target player mills that many cards, and to put the cherry on top. It has an activated ability of two in blue to put the creature from your graveyard into your library, second from the top. So it dies, you can keep bringing it back. So this is a phenomenal card here. This is premium blue top end of your curve kind of thing. Um, not, not much more to say there. Um, the second pick I have is Storm Chaser Drake. It is one in a blue, so two mana for a 2-1 flyer. Um, you don't... and. It doesn't have any downside text on that. So lots of times for two mana, two one flyers, they have it can only block flyers or it cannot block at all. Um, but this one has no downside to it. But it says whenever it becomes a target of a spell you control or enchantment or sorcerer instant, anything like that, um, you draw a card. So if you can play at least one spell that targets this, it replaces itself already. And this will be a, a magnet for your opponents. If they do not deal with it, you will draw so many cards off of it. Um, again, is it spells? I feel like is uh, very supported in here. 
Um, this is one of the key cards in that. Um, and you can also play this very well in blue-white auras as well, because auras is a spell that you target your creature with. So you will try to draw a card off this. So I think, um, yeah, I really think Storm Chaser Drake is pretty good. Um, not much more to say about that. Now, the third one is a bit controversial. Um, I think it has to play well in Exploit. It is a it is called Bioloom Egg. It is two in a blue for a 0-4 Defender Serpent Egg. But uh, when ATBs you scry to, so you get to fix, sort of set up your mini combo here. But when you sacrifice this egg, return to the battlefield, transform under its owner control as a Bioloom Serpent. It is a 4-4 um, creature. And it has the ability of sacrifice two islands and it cannot be blocked. So that blocking that, that ability is not necessary really until you're actually about to kill them but regardless this is a great defender um and it plays well like well it doesn't really play well in the toughest matters colors but um it's sacrifice exploit fodder ex sacrifice fodder in a blue black deck um and uh i think that's the only place it fits but i think it's an extremely extremely powerful kind of card here um and that's it off to you micah well, all right. Uh, for me, I just said that the blue uncommons are very, very difficult. For me, I have these at like 1A and 1B. Uh, I could flip-flop them. I wouldn't be surprised. But So first up, my 1A, I have Gutter Skulker. Three and a blue for a 3-3 three, three Spirit. Can't be blocked as long as it's attacking alone. Uh, and then it has Disturbed for three and a blue. Uh, enchant a creature. That creature cannot be blocked as long as it's attacking alone. Uh 3-3 unblockable. Like we raved about Thieves tools a couple of sets ago. Uh it's like it has its own built-in Thieves tools. And it just 3-3 three, three unblockable. That's that is a clock, and that will just, as I've said numerous times, again, maybe starting to get self-conscious about not to the degree of uh in my opinion quite yet, but um that'll kill your opponent. Uh next up, uh Screaming Swarm. It's like the uh, we have the God Eternals at home uh kind of thing. Or it's a 4-4 flyer that keeps coming back and it mills um, I saw a game uh, that people were playing and they attacked with Screaming Swarm and milled out their opponent so that's a way that they can go about that cards really bananas and rounding out my list I also have Storm Chaser Drake uh, when this card was spoiled I screenshot it and sent it to Costa like Costa this might be the uh, Reaper's Talisman uh, of the set uh, for best uncommon however I corrected myself before he corrected me. I just want to get that out there. I was like, wait, never mind. Because this really only goes in like one style of deck. Because you want the card wants to be in like blue, white, disturb, where you can have the auras to keep drawing cards off of it. However, two mana, two one flyer goes in any deck. <laughs> and that, that'll kill that'll kill your opponent. And so uh, that's why it rounds out my um, blue uncommons. Blue uncommons were the hardest one for me to do. Costa, judge us, please. So, <laughs> obviously, uh, I'll just name off that we all have Screaming Swarm and Storm Drake on our list. Um, we all recognize the power of these cards. Um, <clears throat> Screaming Swarm um, is kind of like the ubiquitous. Like, it can go... Uh, when I say it can go in any deck, I just mean, like, it's a finisher, right? So, it's kind of like your good boy, the Dreadhound, right? Um, that just fit into any deck regardless. Um you know, maybe in some decks better than others, but I mean, it was a six, six that 
trigger it on deaths and it was great right so screaming swarm i see no problem there storm chaser drake um which is funny we all have it just under screaming swarm um again only maybe only fits a, a couple of decks but the thing is if you're getting this early in your picks right um adding something like micah's little what is it the fang uh <laughs> the, the or, yes oh my god turn you know after turn three you draw a card and you're here for four that seems pretty nuts uh, i don't it's know how vampire do it it's not i would kill it oh oops wrong so there <laughs> you go <laughs> <laughs> cool. i want to kill that bird so anyways my point is uh yeah it, it only fits um certain decks but i think it'll get out of hand pretty quick so this really comes down to what i think of your gutter skulker micah versus trees uh biolume egg um how i see it here is that the skulker is going to do what it's going to do almost i would say like a two to one to the biolume egg meaning that in order for me to really want to get the full value out of this card i have to exploit it but that means i have to have an exploit card and that has a trigger the upside is very high but the skulker's upside is just as high and will trigger far more often and so for those reasons laying into it i'm going to give two points to micah and one for tree but again i will reiterate here that the, the egg um and where trees going with this that could just be the right thing um it doesn't matter that uh how we see it right now is it might happen a few times you might just the deck might be blue black exploit and you're picking up these eggs because you're going to have a lot of exploit things um but like i said two to micah and one to mr tree on that note it's also like i think um my my pick was I noted gutter skulker and I think it should have been on my on my top three instead of the biolum mm-hmm. um, because you can also exploit gutter skulker and then get it back with an aura for the same price so it's yep. also the Very two nice. for one um, but it has the more it's more reliable more consistent. Mm-hmm. And, and the Scry 2 is no joke on that. I mean, at least it gets an ETB Scry 2, which is really nice. Um, I just think when we're looking at the... I mean, turning it to a 4-4 four four is, is pretty sweet. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But as you just pointed out, yeah, the consistency. And yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's a great point. You get to exploit the Skulker. It does the same thing, right? Um, maybe not as much value, but you know, you, you get some value off of it. So Yeah, part of it for me is just uh, cards that can go in any deck. I, I feel like you you have to be an exploit to run Biolume Egg. Yes. And uh and that's where I feel like the how things change in uh run it back when we've played the format, we know which archetypes are better than others. And you can like cater our list like we know this card's really strong in this archetype and this is the archetype you want to be in, so then you wanna pick more of those cards. But especially for like right now we don't really know, just the straight up Skulker's ridiculous. I, I I started laughing when I first read that card. So let me ask you all this. Uh, I have something very different for my number one. What do y'all think about my my thirst for discovery being number one on there? I noticed you have your box around it, which means you're very high. On I'm it. very high. For all the reasons you just said, though, it goes in any deck. Now, at the end of the day, that it, it could very well be not the card that's the, the best uncommon in the set, but I'm just super high on digging down three cards and having a few options right i'm pitching a land so i keep two cards i'm pitching two disturbed cards for whatever reason um but i'm pretty high about this um 
and since it was really hard for you to pick, Mike, I'm sure you had some other cards um, that maybe you wanted to mention tree as well. Yeah. For me, it's just that there's so many threats in these blue uncommons that I, it's hard for me. Like, obviously it's like one of the most powerful card draw spells that they've printed in a while, but stuff like even the, like there's like lunar, it's not a threat, but like lunar rejection, which is like bounce something, draw a card. It's like kind of like weird uh, into the royal or the one from Dominaria. Because um, it's like one in blue for an instant uh, return target wolf or werewolf creature to its owner's hand. Wolf or werewolves in brackets. Draw a card and you can cleave it for three and a blue. Yep. Um, so um, like that card's cool. There's this weird, the weird cat thing. Um, Mischievous which I was high on when I first read it, but then I was like, maybe not pass, but like Whispering Wizard. Four mana, three yes. two that makes a one one flyer whenever you cast a non creature spell. It only triggers once each turn, but that line of text it keeps it balanced. But if you're in blue, you probably have instance. Do it once on your turn. Do it once on your opponent's turn. If you're playing cantrips, all the better. Yep. Um, especially doing the like zombie one, that'd be really cool. Um, so uh, yeah, there's uh, blue uncommons are probably like I think it's the hardest. I think there's just so many good ones that. Makes you think it might be one of the better colors in the set, but the removal is bad, so who knows? Tree, I know Cobble Lancer was one of your honorable mentions high up there, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, I like Cobble Lancer because it's a cheap body for three, albeit you have to have a creature in graveyard to exile, but I think that's gonna be super easy. Um, with all the synergies from like blue discard and or blue like thirst from thirst for um. Discovery and um, the scattered thoughts or the mill theme in the green as well. So those, mm-hmm. the, you know, blue, black, you, you know, sacrifice things, you get creatures of the graveyard. So, and the point that you can, you can replace itself. It has the, the three in blue to draw a card off of it. And it's a three, three. So it will beat down just as easily as gutter sculptor. I, uh, <clears throat> My, my hesitation is that with a card like this, and it's funny because it, it was high in my my mental head here or my mental notes mm-hmm. of uh, what I wanted to do. Like a one mana three three is like something that I want to be aggressive with. I really wish with the design of this card. I love, I guess, the quote unquote counteract it. They stapled on, you know, exile it from the graveyard to draw a card. I think mm-hmm. instead of as an additional cost, it should be the other side of this, like the the what is it biograph dog whatever from strixhaven where it's like pay you know exile a card if not then pay two additional mana so it's like a three mana three three because i think this could get stranded in your hand like you're gonna have like this weird position of like i have a really good disturb card and that's my only creature in there do i really want to sacrifice it to this uh cobble answer um but i'm totally there with you like i I was pretty high on this card when i saw and then even micah knows i was like yeah i like this card quite a bit um so yeah i agree with micah there there um just as many white cards uh that were good for the uncommon slot blue was there i guess for me the reason why i didn't think it was harder for me is because i instantly gravitated towards drawing cards big four four flyer and a two one flyer like it was just like i honed in on that so but uh i definitely see where micah's coming from um with that said uh we are moving on to the black uncommons and since micah won that round micah you get to start it off bud yippee uh all right uh i lost my mind when i saw this first black uncommon that's fell stinger 
Uh, two in a black for a 3-2 zombie scorpion. Great creature type. Death touch, exploit. When it exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. Uh, we noticed, because this was in the deck that I drafted, uh, you can target your opponent with that after it too. Kill him. That's pretty funny. Um, this card's just absurd. At worst, it's like divination. But at best, it's a 3-2 death touch with trade thing that also got you two cards. They either killed a token or a dead creature or like a creature that has been like chanted or whatever. So, um, yeah, Felsinger is just bananas. Uh, next up, uh, Hero's Downfall. Downshifted from rare to uncommon. One black black for an instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Um, super murder. Um, just good removal. And then rounding out my list, I have Parasitic Grasp. One a black for an instant. Parasitic Grasp deals three damage to target human creature. You gain three life, but as cleave, human was in brackets, and you can cleave it for one black black to just deal three damage to target creature and gain three life. Um, because there was two uh, removal, that's why I put them as two and three and put Felstinger on top. Um, I'd be really happy with either of those uh, removal spells, but uh, man, I just love me a good Felstinger. All right. Those are my black uncommons tree. Oh. Okay, all right. Um, my number one here is downfall. Prey removal spot. It's a murder. Um, kind of want to murder a few things. Um, but more importantly, parasitic grasp number two is the life gain. The life gain is very important. Um, it triggers all the life gain shenanigans, life gain abilities, all that stuff. Um, and number three is I think gonna be one of the premium black creatures here. It is wedding security. Is a good big body, you know. It's four four. It um, you can sack a blood token to literally draw a card instead of um, doing uh, the discard thingy that blood tokens do. <clears throat> and you put a one one counter on it. It's a five minute five five. If you're in that deck, you will have a five minute five five. If not, um, you just have a five minute four four. You know, it's still a fine body, but. I think it's one of the bigger black creatures there, and it will, it will block many things since things are rounded out at around three power, and this is at four power and four times. Okay? It costs five to play, by the way. Okay, and that's it. Simple enough. Ooh, once again, I'm about to do this uh, a beautiful <laughs> mind type of junk to, to figure this one out, because here's, here's my predicament. So to kind of started off i i'm also in the camp with micah that felstinger is pretty high on my list there um when we were talking about it um you know he was really high on just the fact that like it you know you get to exploit and draw the cards like oh by the way it has death touch on here he's like oh yeah it does right so the death touch for me was already kind of like the grasping thing that i was going at on top of drawing cards right like who doesn't want to do that um wedding security I am very hard on that card too, Mr. Tree. I also saw that a 4-4 body that draws a card and puts a plus one, plus one counter is insane. Where it gets really difficult here, which y'all both notice, I don't have Heroes Downfall on my list. Um, I'm not saying that I'm right, and it's probably supposed to edge out the Arch Ghoul of Thraven here. Um, just for the listeners, it's a, what, 2 in a black for a 3-2. Uh, it's a zombie cleric. Whenever it enters a battlefield or another zombie you control, oh sorry, whenever it or another zombie you control dies, look at the top card of your library. If it's a zombie card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put in, put that card, uh, if you don't put the card in your hand, 
Oh, you may put it into your graveyard. Sorry. I'm blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't like this card because I'm thinking about the exploit mechanics and stuff like that. And there's zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, here's downfall um, is like the premium of premium removal. It, you know, for three mana, you kill anything, um, including a planeswalker. Um, however, when I'm looking at this set, there is a lot of removal. I don't know if it's more than any other set, but I just know that there is quite a bit of access to a lot of stuff. And because it doesn't exile something, um, as weird as that might sound, it's kind of like the part that I think kind of pushed it off just a little bit for me. Um, with all that being said, what I have to do here is I'm giving it to Micah because Felstinger we both have is number one on the list. So that's a little biased, um, unfortunately. Um, and I, I will tell you all both, I don't like Parasitic Grasp. I know what it does. It is a good card. Um, I just think if I'm paying the murder costs, and I just rather have Wedding Security. And I get that it like gains life and triggers other shenanigans, but I just don't feel as good about that card spending that much mana to do it. Um, if you had put up wedding security, one spot tree, I probably would have given you this one, even though with Felstinger at the top. Um, but just having two removal spells up there, um, and understanding that like wedding security is like, I think a premium creature in the set, uh, I'm going to give it to Micah here at two and then you at one. Yay! <laughs> All right, you are in the lead, Mister. I like I, I, I like wedding security. This is what because like we've already said like I made my list pretty early and I was like, man, you're not in blood deck like because it doesn't make its own blood token. I mean, like imagine if it ETB to made a blood token, that'd be just one trigger off of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like imagine that you first pick it and you end up being in like blue black. I mean, there's quite. A, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a bit. Like, yeah, there's there's a quite a bit of thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. In fact, if it yeah. just made a blood token on its own, I think that card would be that would be clear number one actually for me because now it gives you a looting ability on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. I just think like the fell stinger at a lower rate and it being a death toucher and all this other stuff that we said is is pretty high up there for me. Okay. Yep. Right. Well, all I right. guess uh, we'll just move on to red then. <laughs> yes. All right, and I will start us off. Um, for number one, red uncommon, I have Rending Flame, two and a red for an instant. Deals five damage to a creature or a planeswalker. If that permanent is a spirit, it also deals two damage to that permanent's controller. Um, so it's basically three mana kill anything. It's basically murder. Uh, the But the I really can't wait so your opponent doesn't realize that they're actually dead because their creature's a spirit and you kill it and it deals two damage and they die. That'd be really funny. Uh, next up, I have uh, Lamholt Reconteur, which is three and a red for a human werewolf. When you cast a non-creature spell, it deals one damage to each opponent. It's a two-four. Um, I know I kind of said I was down on the common one, uh, two-mana one-three version, but uh, this uncommon werewolf version is kind of more my jam. It's a like it has two power, so it doubles that clock. But more importantly, is the backside Lamholt Ravager which is a 4-4, and it deals 2 damage to each opponent whenever you cast a non-creature spell. Like, I kind of think it is more like incidental value, because like, even if you're not in like straight-up blue-red spells where you have like 10 to 12 um, instants or sorceries or whatever in your deck, even if you're just playing this in like green-red or black-red where you have like 7 to 8 instants or sorceries or, or enchantments, non-creature spells, whatever, um, 
And if this thing flips, that is a serious clock. And my number one uh, criteria apparently is just how do I kill this dude dead? So that's why that is number two on my list. And next up, it doesn't shoehorn you into blue red spells is basically what I'm saying. Uh, and rounding out my list is Honeymoon Hearse, two in a red for a 5-5 vehicle. That's trample. And then tap two untapped creatures you control. Honeymoon Hearse becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. Um, vehicles just, they kill you. No, I'm not, well, I, I'm stumbling on my words a little bit here. We are on about, what, like two? two, two, we're, two, probably two hour, we're at two hours now. Yeah. <laughs> um, with uh, technical difficulties in the middle there. But yeah, uh, this card just seemed really good. Because this is another one where I watched the Lure pre-pre-release event. And they would run out of board. Then they just had kept this kept is a threat that just stays around. It's hard to deal with. And the fact that you can, it doesn't have the typical crew. Uh, Cause it's just have any two creatures. And we talked about how this is kind of go wide. The fact that it's trample it makes it even better in my mind. And that's why it rounds out my list. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now and uh, catch my breath a little bit. Tree, you're up. Okay. Um, number one pick, Rending Flame. Same reasons. Best removal in red. Um, a five damage to target creature or planeswalker. Really, really good. Um, my number two pick is Voltaic Visionary. It is uh, one in reds for a 3-1 human wizard. And uh, it has the ability of tap it to deal two damage to yourself. Exile the top card of your library. And you may play that card this turn. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, and then when you play a card, exiled with Voltaic Visionary, transform it, and it transforms into a Bolt Charge Berserker, which is a 4-3 human berserker that cannot block. This is a very aggressive um, loaded ground. fits well in Boros. It, you can even play this in your um, Werewolf deck. You, you can play this in all the red decks, you know. Um, this is a un universal card, you know. You always want to trying to get that card advantage, which this allows, and then it transforms into something even bigger. And note, it says, play the card. So even if it's land, you can play that land, and then you transform it. Um, something to be careful of is that two damage, which may be very well important, similar to the Infernal Grasp in the, uh, in the last set. Um, my third pick was Alluring Suitor. It is a two and a red for um, a two, three vampire. And when you attack with exactly two creatures, transform a Luring Suitor and it becomes Deadly Dancer. It's a 3-3. It has Trample. When it transforms into the Deadly Dancer, add two mana. And until end of turn, you don't lose this as phases end. Um, and it has the ability of pumping two in it to give itself and another target creature plus one, plus zero until end of turn. So, one, you know, it's a, a reasonable body at two, three mana, you know, two, three. Um, and then generally you'll probably have another creature that had come before it so you can attack with it on turn four um turn it into the deadly dancer and you'll probably have so this adds two red so you can play a six drop after on that turn you attack with you don't have to spend that two mana to pump your um both your creatures and it has trample really really good so it hits all the aggressive any any kind of strategy there it's really really just all all around really good and if you have vampires, it's a vampire. Okay? And then that's it. <laughs> yeah, nice. <clears throat> nice list from both of y'all again. <laughs> and another another tough one here. So we all have Rending Flame at number one. Um, and then from there, 
we have nothing the same. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, let me take a look here. So I'm actually, first of all, I'm extremely surprised that uh, Tree does not have Lambolt Recanter on his list because that I felt like that's exactly what he wants, he, what he wants to do. I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and speak for him, though, and say that maybe the idea behind this is that at four mana later in the game, um, you're already using maybe some of your spells early on or or because it's bound to the day and night, so the two damage. Um, so maybe that's a reason, but just because it becomes a 4-4 four, four, um, on the flip seems really, really, really good to me. Um, so I was kind of surprised not to see that one on this list. Um, Honeymoon Hearse... I do like some of your reasoning behind this, Micah. Um, you are going wide, so you're going to have the creatures. Um, a five-five trampler does work at three mana. I mean, that's 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 a bully card for sure. Um, I'm very interested with the Voltaic Visionary. I'm kind of on the camp with um tree here um i mean when you get to flip this card so it's like card advantage it does deal you two damage um but then you turn to a four three i guess my issue with it is it doesn't block which you're really not wanting to do that in red anyway and especially with this card however uh you know taking a turn off to do this flip it, it it's got a lot of it's really weird design to me actually um and so i'm kind of iffy on that card uh, I must admit, like a alluring, alluring suitor, like a two-three body isn't r- bad at all. Right, uh, it gets tr- uh, turned into a three-three, and then it has some other upsides with it. Um, I, I actually think, though, I'm giving this one to Micah here. Um, the double red and the cost for Deadly Dancer is kind of a concern for me. So only getting to trigger it basically once on the attack, uh, depending on what the other creature is, is kind of a thing. And the visionary, I just have a really hard time thinking about the sequencing. I mean, the fact I actually really don't like that they made this a sorcery uh, activation. Um, I get that. Like you won't be able to play the land on your opponent's turn, but that's just a really weird thing. Like they put so many conditional things on this card that it makes me hard to figure out a, a, in a way like I have to have a full turn to do what I want to do. Like, I think it's kind of like even more different than switching from nights or from day to night, right. Where you like take a turn off um, where you don't have like instant speed spells. Um, and so that's, what's kind of hard for me to get behind this card. So uh, Micah will get the two points here um, and then Drew will get the one. <clears throat> My with Voltaic Vision, when you tap it, deal two damage to yourself, and you exile top card. What if you don't want to cast it? You just tapped your creature and dealt yourself two damage to do nothing. If you don't want to play it or cast it, or whatever, or if you can't cast it, or let's say you're in red green and you exile your giant wolf uh, friend and you don't have the mana to cast it. That's just uh, when I was like, okay, I'm not as big on this card anymore. I'm seeing this as a two mana three one aggressive body. You know, for two mana three one already finds that flash commander all that stuff and then the fact that it can replace itself and can grow bigger is all upside that's that's my point there no no that's very fair i mean being a 3-1 body in this set probably isn't an issue um getting through some of those those booties (laughs) um like i said i I think from oh god i know why they don't want it to be they they made it as a sorcery so you cannot block with it and activate it and then 
transform it to yeah, the same yeah. turn. That's why That's they, right. they don't want to. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the card name Deadly Dancer. That's awesome. But I actually had one more question for Coastal about the last card on his list. Sure. That is Frenzy Devils, which is a five mana three three with haste. Is it the last card? Or is it, sorry, real quick. That's the second card. The second. second. Yeah, okay. No, you're good. No, I was just like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, I don't think it really matters, but anyway, so oh, yeah. continue. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's a five, four and a red for a three three devil. Has haste, but whenever you cast a non creature spell, it gets plus two plus two. Uh, I heard it says like, okay, a five mana creature that gets huge whenever you cast on creature spell is kind of counterintuitive, kind of like for the same reasons you talked about with uh, the card on my list, uh, the Lamholt Reconteur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious why you were higher on that one. Uh, all things considered. Well, first of all, when I was making that point, I was trying to kind of tap into why Tree didn't want that card. I don't necessarily agree with that because the thing and the thing that I'll point out with the Frenzy Devils, um, going back to like a card that uh, both uh, Tree and I share on our list is the um, oops, where am I? Anger. Thank you. The the anger, and so you get to it's a three, three, which admittedly at five mana haste, isn't that great. But I, when I scan through the cards, there's a lot of like low body creatures and, and low attack that like, I think you'd be able to get an attack in. And when you get to untap with this card and do any of the combat tricks that you have, um, granted it doesn't have trample. So I'm, this is, I'm just using that as an example. And that happens to be the best one. Cause it gives it trample, but there are a lot of ways to make this strong and just hit for a ton of damage. Um, and so that's why I picked that there. And then I guess I'll just talk about the last card on my list, Vampire's Vengeance. Um, so that's two in a red for an instant. Vampire's Vengeance deals two damage to each non-vampire creature, create a blood token. Um, normally these effects are, they're decent. Um, we've had them before, especially like in Kaldheim. We had like Crush the Week or something like that. And do, if I remember correctly, was it an instant, that card? It's a, a foretell, I think. No, or instant. something like that. And it's an instant. So instant, yeah. while it didn't really work well in that format, again, I'm seeing a lot of low toughness creatures here and I can see it where you set up your vampires um, to live and sure your opponents might have some vampires, but I think you're going to have just outweigh the benefit here of this card. And again, because it's instant speed, um, I think it just will work in this format really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All really good points here. All right. Micah. Micah, since you uh, went two for two there, you get to finish it off with the green uncommon, sir. Let's go. All right. So first up, my top green uncommon, I have Dormant Grove. Three and a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if that creature has toughness six or greater, transform Dormant Grove, and it transforms into a three, six tree folk with vigilance. And it says other creatures you control have vigilance. Um... I just became, I've become a huge fan of cards that just put plus one, plus one counters on creatures every turn. Like Luminarch Aspirant or Ranger class. Uh, this is more expensive at four mana. But just, if you can afford, if you have, if you're in a game where you have the time, just spreading, making all your creatures all swole, as I'm a f- big fan of getting swole, uh, is really, really good. But if you're in a situation where you need to flip it, and have a 3-6 body on board, too. Uh, there's, there's a lot of creatures inside that are very conducive to being able to do that very quickly. And in my mind, this might be the card that can get the most out of control whenever you're playing against it. So it, 
is in my consideration for possible uh, Reaper's Talisman Award, but it's very, 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 very early on, so that might not be the case. Next up, uh, we have Infestation Expert, also known as uh, Green Grave Titan at Home. It's four and a green for a 3-4 human werewolf. When it ETBs, you make a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. Uh, I just... Re- oh, my bad. I skipped a couple of words. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, which is hence the green grave titan at home. But it's also a werewolf, so on the backside, it is a 4-5 werewolf. Whenever it ETBs or attacks, make two 1-1 one, one green insect creature tokens. Uh, it's a go-wide format. This card goes wide as well as any other card in the format. And can get very, very out of hand, especially if you have cards to pump up your team. And rounding out my picks, this is a card I'm so excited for. So um, me, I feel like uh, Coast and I have gotten very, very close over the past um, couple years. And um, I, as soon as I read this card, I was like, "Oh, this is a, this is gonna be this this is Coast's pet card in the format." I could I could see it in my mind that the, at the end of the day, he's like. Because the last card is Spiked Ripsaw, which is two and a green for an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus three. And whenever equipped creature attacks, you may sacrifice a forest. If you do that, creature gains trampled on turn and equips for three. Uh, I did that sound because it's a chainsaw. We have a chainsaw in Magic, and it's awesome. Um, the art is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it's a for similar reasons. A couple sets ago in AFR, we talked about a play armor. It turns any creature into a threat. This is for similar reasons. Uh, this card can turn any creature into a threat. And uh, yeah, so that's why it's on my list. And uh, I'm kind of uh, pandering a little bit, but this card is legit good in my mind. So that is my list. Tree, what is your final three cards? Oh, ah, this is a... This is this should be a no-brainer here. Like six mana and seven mana, six and a green for a bramble worm. It's a seven-six worm with reach and trample. And when it ETBs, you gain five life. And you can exile it for two and a green from your graveyard. You also gain five life. So this is the rise of the ends that you're all waiting for. This is the this is that. This is that and more. <laughs> um, you know, it's the biggest one of the biggest creatures there's only one creature bigger which is the seven eight kraken but that's not on rare but i think this is the biggest creature um in terms of power and toughness um and you know relevant life gain text here and very and it does stuff in your graveyard as well um my number two pick is reclusive taxidermist um it is one in green for one two human druid um Werebear. Werebear! So, um... <clears throat> Reclusive Taxidermist gets plus three, plus two, as long as there are four more creatures in your graveyard, and it can add one man of any color. So very, very reminiscent of Werebear, which is a 1-1 one, one with Threshold, gets plus three, plus three. So, early in the game, in access a mana, mana door, ramp, all that stuff, and late in the game, when creatures are dead, it's just a bigger creature. So, love this Reclusive Taxidermist. Um... And then the third pick here is the Infestation Expert, just as you said, Micah. Um, all, all that stuff. All that stuff. So, <laughs> I love it. It's a it's a mini Grave Titan or mini Tovalor Huntmaster, however you want to call that stuff now. Okay, off to you, Coaster. 
All right, with the final decisions. So <clears throat> let me take a look comparison real quick. So we all have the uh, infestation experts on our list. Um, yeah, as Micah alluded to, it's mini Grave Titan. Um, it's mini Tovalar Huntmaster. It's a it's a pretty awesome card. And uncommon. It's very interesting too that it made it through this way. Um, the fact that it can ETB on the backside and create two t insects. That's probably why, because they're one ones. They don't have anything extra um, to them. Nonetheless, more bodies. Um, Bramble Worm. I think of all of the cards. It's kind of funny. I, Tree's been like hitting on the the big creatures, the big creatures. This is like the big creature. Like if, if I'm looking for the big creature that needs to make it into the deck, uh, Bramble Worm uh, is that creature. Um, having a seven six body and being able to give you gain you life later on is really sweet. Um, albeit that it, it does have a big target on its head, um, you know, because there's a lot of exile graveyard abilities. But to some extent, you probably want them to exile this over your disturb. Uh, spirit or whatever that's in the yard, right? Um, so there, there are some playouts there, um, and then we go to Dormant Grove. Um, I agree with Micah that this card is probably going to get out of hand, untouched, and I feel like it'll be untouched unless you're playing in person and have a sideboard where everyone's going to be playing like Crushing Canopy or whatever. Um, and so I agree with them. Like this card is extremely powerful. I feel so bad too because you know we have gotten close, Micah. We have um, the the funny thing is because you have two cards, and that's really no fault of of yourself here or whatever. But there are two cards that pump up your creatures. Um, the thing that I like about what Tree has on his list is that that uh, reclusive taxidermist is a mana dork, um, and like he said later on in the game, it does turn into a bigger creature, and so. Uh, I think the upside up there is higher. Um, maybe not higher, but um, I'm going to see Dormant Grove or or Spike Ripsaw one way or the other, I feel like. I just have like more of a chance to see that versus the Taxidermist. Like, there's not... Uh, there's a less likely chance I'm going to get like that Mana Dork in particular. And so looking at those odds, um, I'm going to give the two points to Tree and then the one point to Micah here. You better have that mana dork if you're going to have a seven mana seven six. <laughs> I got so much grief for my seven mana seven six last set. Y'all wouldn't let me hear the end of it. Oh, Warcraft it's actually only Samson. Samson. I, I and, and Tree, actually Tree did also kind of give you crap for that one too. There's something to be said. Two mana mana dorks are just so much better than three mana mana dorks. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And the fact that it's not irrelevant later in the game whenever you have all the mana you need it turns into a four four that's just really good yeah i did want basically okay. it's like strictly better where bear isn't it almost yes kind of no not really because you may not always have four creatures whereas where bear only needs seven cards oh that's true oh that's fair ah uh, yeah that's true it's, yeah that actually can be a little bit harder for sure and that's a pet peeve for a lot of people the phrase strictly better when it but where bear only adds green and this adds any color and you well, loved bear, bear, you bear, loved bear, to splash bear. tree. You love to splash so this card. Definitely, I'm going to see this card from you a lot in draft. Yes. Um, 
there's one I wanted to touch on. I'm sure y'all maybe have one more to, to touch on too. Um, I really liked cloak cadet on here. I think this card could also be a little bananas at times. Um, it only triggers once. Actually, let me just read the card for you. It's four and a green for a two, four human ranger with training. And whenever one or more plus one, plus one counters are put on one or more humans, you control draw a card. It only activates once a turn. Um, it going from a two four to a three five on attack is is a nice like kind of safety net at five mana. It's a little hard to get behind, but I actually really like this card. I have two in my current draft deck, so we'll see how that card plays out. Um, but that was like one of the cards I was like, man, th this is just a cool design. Um, I don't know if y'all were going to touch on any other ones, but uh, I just like the pup. I like the uh, oh yeah, that's I just, what I want to say. You go ahead. You talk about pap song or pack song pup. Pack Song Pup is a one in green for a 1-1 one, one wolf at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control another wolf or werewolf, put a plus one, plus one counter on Pack Song Pup. Whenever it dies, you gain life equal to its power. Uh, this is another card. that If it's in the right deck, um, because that's another, like I've said, is like I want cards that basically go into anything. But Pack Song Pup, if you're in wolves and werewolves, that card's going to get insane. And so you get on turn two, and say you curve Snarling Wolf into Pack Song Pup, that's gonna be a bad day for your opponent. Uh, for Cloak Cadet, I kind of—I just wish it was four mana. I don't know why. I just said four mana, two four with that. Those buzzers just be probably <laughs> two bananas. But uh, anything that has like that kind of like potent card draw engine is just good. And speaking of card, the last one I wanted to mention was uh, like Laid to Rest. If you're in like if you have just like a bunch of humans, Laid to Rest is three and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a human you control dies, draw a card. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies, you gain two life. Uh, that's it's not it's not like dormant grove good but if you're in that if you just have a human deck then that can be a card draw engine for you and most of the humans might have like training and stuff and then you're also gaining life and stabilizing etc pap songs or pack songs is so cute though <laughs> you're gonna get a bunch of people going john wick on a bunch of other people you know yeah for sure tree was there any other ones you wanted to touch up before we conclude this segment or um, uh, I don't think so. Uh, but like Dormant Grove, take that card up. Like it's a toughness matters things, but it is to note that it's not going to be that easy to get to six toughness with that because all the creatures are generally going to be really small unless you have like something like the the trainer or something like that. Right. So uh, getting six toughness might be a bit more difficult to flip than champion. Other otherwise, it's perfectly fine, you know counter on something every single turn well i'm just saying that it's gonna be uh if you i don't think if you want i think you don't want to flip it because no. you, you don't want to flip it yeah it's gonna be a very specific situation when you want to flip it and i think in those situations it probably won't be as difficult because like apprentice sharpshooter just needs to trigger its training one time and then put the counter on and then it immediately flips right but uh, before we conclude yeah i guess i want to mention that actually i think might be my um I mean, it's super early on. We've said that a thousand times. But the my favorite uncommon of the set that I'm going to scoop up is every single opportunity I can. And that's going to be Boarded Window, which is three mana for an artifact. <laughs> Creatures attacking you get minus one, minus zero. At the beginning of combat, on, or at the beginning of combat, at the beginning of each end step, if you were dealt four more damage this turn, exile Boarded Window. Multiple of these gets pretty bananas and uh at one point i had three of them on the battlefield at the same time and I my missed. opponent was just completely they had 
if they weren't on the, I was super dead if they didn't have it. They had all these cool disturbed creatures, and they had this one huge um, the life linker because yeah, they like had their thing on it. Yeah, it was sick. And um, you just stumbled them. Boarded window, especially if maybe if you're on the play and you just hose all your opponents attack forever. Uh, that's a card that one I feel like is pretty good, uh, but once you get multiple of them, it can get kind of oppressive. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty nutty to see. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of overlooked that card too. Um, but y'all will definitely see more of it. So with that, that concludes uh, our primer. So with uh, the totals here, because we did not name that out, Micah is the winner at 16 points and Tree at 14. Uh, congratulations, Micah! Again, I would just like to tell both of y'all, y'all did a great job with these. At least in my opinion, these uh, initial primers for these cards in the set. Um, Again, I value your uh, interpretations of the cards and your perception on these. Again, it, funny enough, even though uh, sometimes Micah likes to, and others like to say that I'm pretty good at drafting, I learn a lot from y'all. And um, even though we have different lists, um, y'all definitely bring some great feedback to um, so, you know this draft environment. So thank y'all. Tree, thank you for, for participating. You will get a chance though to beat Micah and Samson when we do the run it back. Cause I'm he he dodged a bullet. Let me tell you. I was gonna give him some really hard lickings. Uh, and he got very lucky that uh, he had some more important things to do. By the way, congratulations, Samson, for completing your certification and getting this promotion. So but anyway. But um he will get his. He will get his. <laughs> um when any, I defend my crown. When Micah defends his crown. Any final thoughts before I move on to the um, quick picks, Micah? So Tree was our first judge. Samson's been judging. You got to judge this. Does this mean I get to judge for Kamigawa? You, you know? do. I actually have that all set up, sir. So you will get to just so, unleash on everybody because you're yeah. so salty. <laughs> y'all aren't, aren't ready for me to judge. I'm just saying y'all are going to be ready for me and my wild criteria. But Costa, hit him with their quick picks. All righty. All right. So for the quick picks this week, guys, I have Forsaken Monument as my first card. I'm talking about the EA non-foils. Um, this card is a great, uh, I call it an artifact card, but it does have other uses. I mean, it, it looks at colorless. Um, so you get to tap it, make two colorless mana. Um, you gain life off of this, and it reduces colorless costs by one or two, something like that. It's a great card. Um it's been sitting around for a little while. Um, and at currently it's like at $7 for those, uh, non foils. I think you double up in about a year. Um, there's still like 150 listings on TCG, but I just think that it'll slowly drain out and then it'll, you know, be a, a double up on that card. Uh, for the next card, uh, grim hireling I'm talking about the EA non foils, which you can only get in the collector boosters. You can only get it in non foil on the EA version. This card uh, is down to 27 listings, and it's just like an auto clue and anything that is deals with uh, treasure that can uh, that has black in its commander um, identity, color identity. It's $6.50 right now. Like I said, they're draining really hard already. Uh, I'm saying 10 in, the, in a year, but that's like extremely conservative. I guess my only issue or my only concern is that the. Um, popularity of treasure falls off and so therefore it just it might take a little bit longer for it to continue to move up that that ramp if you will um but i really like this card 
the last card, I don't deal a lot with reserveless cards, or at least I don't make the calls out here that much on the cast, but Lodestone Bobble from Alliances. Um, for those of y'all that may not know, um, reserve cards, uh, well, I should take that back other than like Urza's Saga or Legacy or whatever, but most reserve cards uh, don't have a uh, foil printing. And also reserve list, uh, for those of you that don't know, this is a card that is basically promised by Wizards of the Coast that they will not reprint. There have been some caveats over the years and they try to find some loopholes, but they found that they really uh, piss some people off when they do that. So with all that being said, this card um, is actually already got a little attention to it. It's at $8 right now. That's already moved up from the $3 it was just a week ago. This card will get more expensive. I think it will be a $20 card within a year. And I also think it should see a lot more commander play. And I think with the little spotlight that it has on now, um, you might just want to pick up this card because there's no way to get this back into the market unless people start selling off their inventory, which just isn't going to happen. And if you ever wanted to own a card that could spike in price, this is like one of those cards where it's guaranteed. It's not about if, but when this card will spike. So those are my three cards for this week. Um, as always, we invite y'all to come check us out. In fact, it is pre-release week this week. So you know what that means? Come join us at Juniors Forcible Gaming. It might be actually be a little easier for Forcible Gaming just because Juniors, we reach our cap every every time now uh, for pre-release. But definitely Forcible Gaming. Go check them out in Bastrop. Um, they're going to have a lot of prizes. They have a lot of seating over there. Alpha Strike um, and San Marcus will also have a lot of seating as well. And again, just come visit us at Juniors. You know, great bunch of guys over there. I uh, look forward to meeting new new players. So with, uh, with all that being said, Micah, I think we're done, dude. Yes, that will do it for this. The longest episode of MTG Untapped ever. Uh, started a little rough with that intro, but I feel like we really brought it together. So that'll do it for this, the 43rd edition of the MTG Untapped podcast. What did y'all think about what we talked about today? Are you super excited for Crimson Val Limited? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook at MTG Untapped Podcast. And if you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. If you would please stop what you're doing and subscribe, leave us a review and rate the podcast. It'd be very much appreciated. But I have been the Micah signing off for Costa and Tree. This has been the MTG Untapped Podcast. We will talk to y'all next week. Later. Deuces. Cheerio.